0: Welcome to the Weekly Stuff Podcast with Jonathan Lack and Sean Chapman. We are here to talk about Japan. This week on the show, we're talking all about my recent trip to the land of the rising sun, where I spent three weeks traveling with my brother Thomas, who lives in Japan, teaching English It was an incredible experience. I have so many cool stories to share with you, and that is exactly what we're doing today. And if you want some really awesome visuals to go along with this conversation, then make sure to visit the Weekly Stuff YouTube channel, where we have a video version of this episode, which includes literally thousands of pictures and dozens of videos and all sorts of cool illustrations of the stories and memories I share throughout today's conversation. I spent a lot of time editing it. Uh, and it was totally worth it. I'm really happy with how that turned out, so I hope you guys check that out. This is an episode I have been so excited to share with everybody. I really hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's dive right on in. So let's talk about my adventures in Japan. I have in front of me my Campus notebook this is the popular notebook brand in Japan. I see my, that on the front you have written in Japanese
1: Japan Quest.
0: Japan I've written Japan Quest. Jonathan no daiboken yes, yes. Jonathan's big adventure. Yes. So Dragon Quest uh, 13. Here we go. Yes. So on the front cover of my notebook I also have some stickers I got at the Studio Ghibli Museum. We'll can. talk about that later. On the back I have a sticker from the Snow Monkey Park in Nagano which I visited on my second to last day in Japan and in here I have uh, taped in a bunch of cool stuff I got. Um, I've written down what I did every day. I basically kept a full journal of everything I did um, which I'm happy about for a bunch of reasons because this is just a cool thing to have but it also makes this podcast a lot easier. Yes, I don't have to do anything from memory. It's great. <clears throat> so, let's talk. So, Sean, by the way, before we get into the main meat of this, of my Japan trip, I just have to tell you a funny story. Okay. Um, so, while I'm here in uh, Golden, I'm staying with my parents and I was heading out tonight, and they said, oh, what are you going to talk about on the podcast tonight? And I said, well, the Japan trip I just did. And they're like, well, why would you be talking about that with Sean? And I'm like, why wouldn't I? And they're like, Sean didn't go. What would he have to talk about? And I'm like, well, he might have questions and comments and all the other stuff we do on the podcast every single
1: week. Yes, it's, 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 it's almost as though two human beings may have a conversation about a topic, even if one of them has not experienced it um, yes. firsthand.
0: Yes. Yes, so anyway, uh, just some general thoughts before we get started, Um, and I'll probably have more at the end. Japan was awesome. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. There's a lot more I would still like to do. The biggest, well, there have been two big adjustments coming back to America. One is I am horribly, horribly Mm -hmm. jet-lagged. I did not get jet-lagged going out, because when I went out, my flight was 6 in the morning, 16 hours of travel, I arrived in Japan at about 7 at night. So we just... I met up with my brother. We had dinner. We went to the hotel. It was nighttime. I went to bed. I woke up. I was fine.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That was the way to do it. It was the exact opposite on my way back because on my way back, my flight left at 6 p.m. I had to take a bullet train to the airport, three hours at the airport of which, almost all, I had no, like, downtime. That was all, like, working and customs and stupid shit right. and lines. And then it was 16 hours of travel. Because we are 16 hours apart from Japan, that meant I arrived in America at the same time I left Japan. So I had a 38-hour day. My wow. Monday, January 13th was <laughs> 38 hours long. And then it was, it was technically night, but I had been up and down and up and down. And, and I have been periodically waking up at 3.30 in the morning and then yeah it's been bad it's been bad but that's okay Um, the other adjustment is I just have to say while it's on my mind Japanese food is so much better than American food Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about going out and eating fancy I mean go down to the convenience store and grab an onigiri and it tastes fresh and good and healthy and and there's just everything I ate in Japan was so good I mostly ate cheap because food is pretty cheap in Japan and I come back American food is fucking garbage and I have never been more intensely aware of that Mm -hmm. but I did miss Mountain Dew Well, there you go. Were were there any, like, novelty Mountain Dew
1: flavors you encountered in Japan?
0: Mountain Dew is actually very, very rare in Japan. Mountain Dew they don't drink. Diet Coke. You cannot get a Diet Coke in Japan. That's sad. You can get a Coke Zero. Not as good. But you can get a Coke Zero. But mostly diet drinks are not a thing at all in Japan. Mountain Dew I saw in, like, two vending machines total. And if you don't know from video games or from real life, vending machines are very common in Japan. They're everywhere. So, anywho, um, Japan was fun. Let's talk about Japan. I was there for a little under three weeks. So let's do this. Um, so my first day, which was just traveling, I don't have any real good travel stories. My my travel out there was very smooth. I did on my flights to Japan rewatch the entire Mobile Suit Gundam movie trilogy, um, great, original yeah. nineteen seventy nine Gundam. Yes, they're great. They're very good airplane viewing because if you have a nine hour flight, those movies run about nine hours put all together, uh, and they're fucking phenomenal. And oh my god, they're so good. They're so. Did good. you watch any new? Mecha anime.
1: I feel like that was something... I don't remember if that was a co- podcast conversation or not. We um, definitely talked about you were maybe going to watch other I, stuff.
0: I'm planning to. I have okay. not yet. Um, if... The, the weird thing is, I did download and put a bunch of stuff on my iPad. Neon Genesis Evangelion is one of the things Netflix will not let you download. So I did not watch... That would have been the one. And then I also am going to watch Vottoms, but I have that on Blu-ray at home. So I'm going to watch that on Blu-ray. Um, so no, I've watched, I watched a bunch of other stuff. I've been... Uh, I got because you do actually have I had a lot of time to like read and watch stuff not just on the flights but then we took a lot of train rides in Japan right. um, so I uh, got back into my rewatch of the Japanese Yu-Gi-Oh! which I had left off last year when I became mired in the big filler arc midway through that series, mm-hmm. where they interrupt the tournament to do 25 episodes with the virtual world. I finally finished that, and now I'm back into the main series. But that's, a, that's an easy show to just kind of turn on and have fun with. Um, and then I have been reading a shit ton of One Piece. Yes, um, I've seen some of those tweets. Yes, I have read over 200 chapters of One Piece in the last three
1: weeks. That's, that's, that's a lot.
0: It's a lot. Um, I have to give a shout-out to the Shonen Jump app by Viz, is two dollars a month, and it's all the manga you can read. I genuinely do not understand that business model because I would pay way more. That's a really good service. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've been having fun. Ma- that's actually one of the things I realized is that um, manga is so good for reading on the train, and you take so many trains in Japan. You just immediately realize why manga is as popular as it is. Yeah. It like, why, yeah. Fits why you have in- these
1: like weekly magazines yeah, and all this? Stuff. It just yeah.
0: fits into like daily life so well um it was really cool so yes i I have been doing a lot of that stuff but no i have not watched any more mecha anime um but as you will see gundam was not that far from my mind yes all right so anyway uh got to japan um went through customs got in touch with thomas i had to take a train to ueno station which is where thomas and i met up and then we went to ningyocho yeah it's doll station doll city yeah. yeah ningyocho um and that is the stop we were at in tokyo um we spent four days in Tokyo. And from like that, we were in a pretty central place, and then we just went to a lot of places. From Tokyo, we went to Odaiba and Yokohama and places like that. Uh, We were at this hotel called the APA Hotel, which is a a very Japanese hotel because it was like 20 stories tall, had hundreds of rooms, and the rooms were tiny, as in like you would walk in and this little tiny hallway that was just big enough for there to be a door to the bathroom was just big enough to fit a toilet and a tub. And that's the whole bathroom. And then you get through that little hallway, which by little hallway I mean like three feet long. And then it is just the bed in a room enclosed, like the room built around the bed. And a little space next to the bed for a tiny little desk. But mostly it was just a bed. And that's a very Japanese hotel. Honestly, that sounds
1: kind of great. That sounds like very cozy in it's a way. Always, it's like, I, I just, like in this day and age with like laptops and tablets and all this shit. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Like, no. I, I, if,
0: they, if the hotel has internet... Just give me a fucking bed and I'm good. Yeah. Honestly, like, my first night I was a little, like, you know, because I was adjusting to a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Japan is a... It's a very foreign country in a lot of ways, you know? I think so, um, yeah. It's, it's... Even though I can read a decent amount of Japanese, it is quite a culture shock to suddenly be somewhere and be, like, surrounded by, like, kanji and kana and all that is, like, just takes some adjusting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so that first night was like a little, uh, but then I did, I, it was cozy, it was, so and it was nice. Um, but anyway, so we did that, we, our first night, we had dinner at a curry place, uh, curry, which I think is overall my favorite dish I've recurringly had in Japan, I had a fish curry my first night, and it was very good. All cool. right, so that was day one, then we went to sleep. Um, or that was day zero. Day one, my first full day in Japan is, we did a couple of things, our main thing was we went to Asakusa, um, and saw Sensoji Temple. Um, which was very cool. Um, I We did like our... This was So this was December 28th, so near the end of the year. There were a lot of people there. We got to do the full like prayer thing. So a lot of Buddhist temples, what you do is you... First you go to like the incense um, station and you get incense all over yourself. Then you go to this hand-washing station and there's a very specific way you do the hand-washing. Um, there were some, I think, Chinese tourists who could not... Um, figure out how to tell their kids how to do it and their kids kept messing it up, that was kind of entertaining um, I did it okay <laughs> it's not actually that hard you do that, then you go up to the temple there's a little donation box, you throw your coin in you use either a 5 or a 50 yen coin because those are the coins with a hole in the middle and they're considered good luck, you throw that in you clap twice and then you pray to Buddha and you you know bow um, so I did that a lot over my time in mm-hmm. Japan, but that was the first time again. Um I drew a fortune, on an omikuji, mm-hmm. and I drew a very bad fortune for my first one ever. There you um, go. It was, it was very bad, so that means when you drew, draw a bad one, you tie it to this board of other fortunes so it will be washed away, and you do that. Um, let's see. We walked around Asakusa for a while. There was a lot of just stuff to see. There was a ton of street food. We um, tried some takoyaki which I had wanted to try mostly just because of its association to Persona 3. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. perfectly honest. Takoyaki is such a big thing.
1: Takoyaki is one of those that, like, it's it's that kind of cartoon food to me that is, yes. like, in anime. <laughs> it's always so, like, that looks... It's like a steak in a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon or something. It just
0: looks like perfect food. And it does in real life, too. It's, it was very entertaining to watch them make because they put so many things on it and all that. Um, I will say, though, takoyaki was one of the very few things I ate in Japan that I did not like, mm. I'm not sure if I gave it enough of a chance, because this was my first day. I I was not jet-lagged in the sense of, like, I was having trouble sleeping, but I did feel weird, like, being in a plane for 15 hours. Like, humans are not meant to be in a little tube in the air for 15 hours. Sure. Um, So, like, I was just, like, a little delicate, and, and Takoyaki is very rich, it's it's basically all like different creams and sauces and then a little bit of octopus in the middle which is a pretty like you know gamey fish yeah um so like it did not sit well with me but maybe if i tried it again i would like it uh, we also had some melon pan melon bread there were yeah, melon bread yeah there were melon pan places all over had some hot melon pan that was good and I also... Oh, I forgot to bring it, Sean, so I could show it to you. But you'll get the idea. They were... All the vendors were selling these samurai umbrellas. So they were katana... There's a, It's an umbrella where the hilt is like a katana hilt. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you could get it either as a full-size giant umbrella So you look like you're, you know, fucking uh, Jimbo walking around with it Or a sort of smaller size one Which is what I got Because I don't know why anyone buys a full-size umbrella um, Because that doesn't fit in a backpack um, if Only if
1: you're, like, jumping off the roof of a building Or something, you have yes. to float safely to the ground I think that's the only usage
0: Exactly So I got my samurai umbrella um, Every vendor was selling it for a different price I found someone who had it for only a thousand yen Which was great um, And I will tell you Jap- Japanese people thought that thing was so cool Like wherever I went Especially the, the, our last week was in Nagano Where Thomas lives, my brother um, And I feel like everyone I met Like commented on my umbrella And was like, that's so cool Like where'd you get it? I'm like, oh, Asakusa and, and they're like, wow And I'm like, I think this is just like Kind of a cheap tourist thing, guys But everyone thought it was like really cool So It sounds uh, very cool I'm a little worried about carrying it around in America um, yeah, I think you yeah, I don't think a lot of people are going to think it's cool, it's not the word people would use. I'm a little worried about getting shot. Uh-huh. That's all I'll say. But yes, so Asakusa was fun. Um, We went to then the Tokyo Skytree which is Sort of near Asakusa but it is the Tallest building in Tokyo you can kind of see Sean here's our ticket for Mm it Um, It's this giant building that goes 450 meters into the air Um, You go up this elevator the first Stop you do is at 350 meters And you can go around and look at everything Then you go up another 100 uh, Meters in the elevator and you're at the 450 uh, meter deck which is called the Tembo Galleria and it's Basically these places with big panoramic windows where you can see all of tokyo and there was this was one of the most fascinating moments for me is that i I guess i always knew like intellectually tokyo is extremely big Mm -hmm. and extremely extremely urban um but there's, there's nothing like actually seeing it because tokyo is just a sea of buildings from 450 meters up it is buildings tightly packed together literally as far as the eye can see you cannot at any point see the end of the buildings yeah that
1: has always been my impression is that it's just like and that's one of the reasons why it seems like in movies and stuff tokyo just seems completely endless in a way yes. that like new york city or like san francisco do not feel like that no because you can the, see yeah. the
0: ocean or something
1: yeah and it's like whenever you you're a piece of fiction is set in tokyo it's just like this is just an endless city that goes on for eternity
0: yeah and it's it's wild because it's just because i enjoyed our time in tokyo but overall like i definitely felt a little more comfortable in the other places we were because you just you don't really see green in tokyo you occasionally see a river but unless you like go out to yokohama which is not technically in tokyo but it's near it you don't really see the ocean so you just it's like you're just constrained by buildings and i've i've never lived in a particularly heavy urban space like that Mm -hmm. um But I mean fuck right now I live in Iowa I'm surrounded by fucking cornfields It's and like Tokyo is like the exact opposite Of that Mm -hmm. but it was just crazy so the Tokyo Sky Tree was valuable for that experience Um, There were also some cool stores around There at the Tokyo Sky Tree they have a bunch Of shops they have the Kirby Cafe We did not we did not know you had to make a reservation To go to the Kirby Cafe so we did not go to the Kirby Cafe we did go to the Because if you go into the Kirby Cafe they just eat you And take your powers (laughs) yes exactly My power is making very long Podcasts (laughs) That's what Kirby does. He You press B and Kirby plays a three-hour
1: piece. Yeah, he puts on a piece of, gla- like, a pair of glasses, yeah, and then he starts, get yeah, like, putting, like, theme song music at the beginning of an audacity
0: <laughs> timeline. Exactly. Um, but yes, went to the Pokemon Center, which is, like, this big Pokemon store at the Tokyo Skytree sort of base. And it like that was one of the most claustrophobic experiences of my life because it's a pretty big store but it was also very very densely packed and so like you could not move without bumping into people i got a couple little things there including um i got a wallet for myself you can kind of hear it see it yeah. here sean um which has uh pikachu on it obviously yeah, it's, got, it's got a little pikachu yawning on on a chair and then another pikachu staring outside a, a starry night window Yes, and then the back is like Pikachu asleep. Um, I got this because I pretty pretty quickly realized that my American wallet would not do in Japan because in Japan you use cash, cash for everything i do not use a wallet that even really has space for cash let alone coins so luckily this is a wallet that like has a nice coin pouch i can put cash in there as well you can see some of my coins in here sean oh, i'll save that for later i'm gonna show that off um but yes yeah, so so this wallet did me well while i was in japan it cost about 20 bucks but you know that's what happens when you go to a pokemon store so anyway um yes so pokemon store that was cool what else did i do that day um had my first ramen in japan that day there are multiple kinds of ramen in japan we had salt ramen our first night very very good um all the different ramens we had were good and it's also like you realize the like ramen you buy at a store and then heat up is an insult to like i can only imagine i enjoy that like the maruchan or cup noodles or something those are good they're not ramen like that's weird that would be like like getting like a little piece of like steak fat and then saying that's filet mignon (laughs) Yeah, it's or, like a totally yeah, different thing Or it's
1: thing. like eating a pizza roll and saying you had like a proper pizza Right,
0: I had New York pizza today You yeah. had some Totinos <laughs> Yeah, exactly yeah. So anyway, but ramen is very good, very cheap Again, food in Japan, largely pretty cheap um, That night we went to Akihabara for the first time okay. Akihabara is fucking crazy Cool, uh, yeah This is a thought I had multiple times while I was in Japan, Sean And I guess I'll share it here We have all on this earth felt capitalism in our lives Capitalism touches everything. Yeah, we, we all live capitalism every day. We can't escape it. But I don't think I had ever seen capitalism until I went to Japan. Because you go to some places in Japan and you see the face of capitalism and you hear its voice. And one of those places is Akihabara, which is pretty much just multiple giant city blocks of arcades and restaurants and hotels and porn theaters, I think lots of different like adult places mm-hmm. and massage parlors and there is just bl- blaring neon lights going off everywhere and there is music and sound all over the place. One of the places Thomas wanted to take me to is the Yodobashi, which is a big electronic store and by big electronic store, I mean it was this giant department building that is seven floors of electronics. So like one floor all for cell phones one floor all for music equipment if you want to buy a portable music like cd player in the year 2020 go to yodobashi they had lots of them one floor all for tvs one floor all for video games one floor all for books one floor all for movie- like 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 uh, crazy and while we were in yodobashi yodobashi is one of many big japanese stores that just has its own theme song playing yodobashi's theme song is a weird anime girl rendition of battle hymn of the republic fuck yes And, and it was so... Fu- it, I felt like I had stepped into a video
1: game. This sounds amazing. Yes. This sounds like what I would want to do. I would want to go and buy retro games... Yes. ...while listening to Flight Hosni maybe sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic, please. I
0: think while we were in Kyoto, we wound up going to another Yodobashi. And we wound up eating there because one of the floors at that Yodobashi was called Yodobashi The Dining. <laughs> <laughs> and we- It's not just goofy Persona game subtitles... Oh, it's everywhere in Japan, Sean. The misuse of the article, the, it's omnipresent. And at the moment Thomas and I saw the words on the sign, Yodobashi, the dining, I think we turned to each other and went, We're going there for dinner, right? And we had some very good ramen at Yodobashi the Dining. But yes, Yodobashi is crazy. Um, I wound up buying my first uh, movie thing in Japan there, which is I found something I have been looking for for years and have never like pulled the trigger on because it was always kind of too expensive to import it on its own from Japan. But fuck it, I was there. Is a Japanese Blu-ray of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I have always wanted because you know who voices Short Round in that dub? Uh, Masako Nozawa Yes
1: Yes I I feel like I had known that
0: Yes So I will 100% be watching that Because that sounds entertaining as shit Anyway That was like A thousand yen That was cheap Um, We also went to Don Quixote For the first time Yes Don Quixote Is a big department store In Japan The easiest way I can describe it Is if you have played Persona 4 And you have been to Juness that is Don Quixote. Just... Or if
1: you've played Yakuza and been to Don Quixote, that is Don Quixote. <laughs> yes. they just put Don Quixote is just in the Yakuza games. They have been since the first one.
0: Yeah, our theme song this week on the podcast is just the Don Quixote song. Because there is a big Don Quixote song that just plays, just blares while you're going through Don Quixote. It is crazy. There's a lot of stuff there. And I also discovered while we were in Akihabara, Akihabara had a big Gundam cafe and I'm like, well, we're gonna have to go back there at some point. It was it was closed for the night when we saw it. And I'm like, that looks cool. So by Gundam Cafe, I mean it was its own standalone building. And it had Gundam Cafe and and a its logo was basically a like molded, you know, shape of the Gundam helmet with the like, you know, horns. With, yeah. with the V. Yeah. So that was cool. Um and then, yeah, so That night, we went to Family Mart. There was a Family Mart near our hotel. Um, Family Mart is one of the big convenience store chains. Convenience stores in Japan are awesome and fascinating. They're everywhere. There's a couple of different, um, what do you call them, Uh, chains. So you've got Family Mart, Lawson. Lawson is probably the most famous in America, at least I know. That Um, was in
1: our dinky textbook when we were taking Japanese uh, lessons.
0: So so Family Mart, Lawson. And then the other big one is 7-Eleven. Yes. Which I think is funny because Seven Eleven, I think people think is probably a pretty shitty place in America. Sevens are very nice in Japan, and they have the best ATMs for international people. I learned. Oh. Um, so anyway, but convenience stores—they're not like—they're not like what we would call a convenience store here. They are open. Yeah,
1: convenience stores here are just gas stations that sell beef jerky, basically.
0: Basically, yes. These are places where they're open twenty-four-seven. They're all over the place. They're meant to be within walking distance of any like residential area. And you can stop in and get, they've got all sorts of drinks. You can buy alcohol completely question-free any time of day. Um, Thomas, our, when we were on the road, Thomas bought a thing of alcohol every single night. And he would show me, like, the alcoholic content of drinks in Japan is so much higher than in America. Because every night, he had a can of this fruity alcoholic drink that was 9% alcohol. And he had one of those eight nights in a row. he can drink now because he lives in (laughs) Japan. We'll talk about that later. Um, But anyway, so you can get alcohol, you can get ice cream, you can get um, fresh food, you can get onigiri, you can get ramen, all this different kind of stuff. I mean, ramen like in a pack, but you would go home and... Make it, or they have microwaves there. Um, they have all the magazines, so I have at least one volume of Jump over here. I was going to talk about later, Sean, because I was so happy. Like, hold actual Weekly Sh- Shonen Jump. I almost said Weekly Suit Gundam. Yes. Weekly Shonen Jump in my hands. We hold Weekly Suit Gundam in our hearts every yes. second of our lives, Sean. They also, a lot of them have um, a small section for like new books. So, like One Piece Volume ninety five had just come out, so you could buy One Piece Volume ninety five in. But <laughs> you lit- just casually say One Piece Volume. 95 i know fucking hell holy shit yes so you could buy one piece volume 95 in literally any convenience store in japan it was in every single one i went to so kind of fascinating they're fascinating places and you know i went to one at least once a day while i was there and i think my sense is a lot of japanese people do because you can just grab you know small groceries and stuff all that kind of stuff Yeah.
1: honestly that sounds fairly similar to what it's like in new york city um they're probably a little bit nicer in japan um but yes i feel like that sort of like urban it's like you can't really afford to have giant grocery stores here because of real estate space so it's like here's just a bunch of like mini if like if you live outside of urban centers in america they're just like mini grocery stores at some point
0: that first night at family mart is also where i have to now tell the story of the gundam snacks i discovered because they were selling while i was there sean i have a page devoted to this These Gundam Snacks. I taped them into my notebook. Yes, I remember these tweets as well. Yes. So these are the Gundam Snacks. Um, They are just these basically... They had these for several different brands. Uh, I also found One Piece ones later. There was another anime I did not recognize. Dragon Ball had something like this. But these are... There were four variants. As as you can see, Sean, and I'll put a picture up if you're watching the video version. It's got like chibi anime versions of Char, Lala, Sela, and Amuro. Um, inside is like this sort of like gram crust. Or like, not gram, like wafer crust with chocolate inside. Uh, decent snack. Why I bought, you see four here, I bought seven overall, is because they came with stickers. And I thought the stickers were really fun. And I wound up decorating the back of my iPad with the Gundam stickers. Nice. So you can see here, Sean, I got... <laughs> Niharu. Yes. I oh my god,
1: why would you... Now every time you look at the back of your iPad, <laughs> you get sad.
0: I know. But yes, I got Ramboral and Crowley Hamon are on one sticker shara's novel on one that was great. shara was the first one I got, and then Ramba was in the second one, so I was hooked. Yeah, this is a good one-two pull. Yes, and then I got Miharu, I got Hayato, and then I got the Gundam, and I got Haro, and I, I stopped after Haro because I was like, "That's a good like, yeah. I can stop now." Um, but I bought a lot of these Gundam snacks. They were only hundred yen each. Uh, Sean, I do have your first present of the evening. Oh great! Um, here's their little oh beat up. Oh my god, up. they're a little beat up because That's they. Fine. They were on a big plane ride. Um, I could not find, near the end of my trip, the other two. But I got you an Amuro one and a Sailor one. So you'll get some Gundam stickers, too. So are the stickers in here? Yes. Okay, I'm going to open one up not to eat okay. it, but just to see what the sticker is. That's fine. So you can you can keep on talking. I'll keep I... on talking. So, anyway, exactly. I as we go through my notebook, you'll see I got lots of different fun anime snacks. And some people including my brother and my mother, have laughed at me for putting this all in here. They don't understand. Yeah, I, get it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. This is important. Yeah, I get
1: it. This is a good idea that you I had. can't get this in America. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Anyway. I mean, I keep all the little, like, book tab things that come when I order Japanese books because I think they're yes, cool. I, I know, was, like, I do I don't too. don't want to throw them away.
0: Yeah. All right, so Sean, moment of truth. We're gonna yes. see what sticker you got. It's I'm usually to slide this out without spilling the cookie thing all over me. It's under the wafer usually. Yes, okay, I see it. Okay, I
1: got a Hayato also. Nice, it's Hayato a good Kobayashi. He looks very happy. I'm glad I didn't get Miharu because I mean, for people who are watching the video version, I guess you'll see the the, the sticker, but they picked. Like, probably the second possible saddest configuration for Miharu... That's just below her getting launched outside of the side of the fucking, like, troop carrier.
0: It's her, like, huddled in a corner while she's on the white Like, looking
1: terrified, like, you know, several hours before her untimely death. So (laughs) I'm happy to have,
0: like, mild, smiling Hayato. Oh, I've also got to tell you guys about something I got in Akihabara. While I was in Akihabara, I found one of those. It's kind of like a penny press machines. But it was at the Square Enix Cafe... And it was a Dragon Quest penny press, and this is what I got. And it is a little Dragon Quest slime like medallion. Oh, yeah, thing. this is cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so nice. That's a lot cooler than like I feel like when I used
1: got one of these, it was like. Wild Bill Hickok or something from like Tucson, Arizona and
0: what's cool actually I say penny press it doesn't actually take a coin and press it this is clearly like a pre-pressed piece of metal so it's much nicer than a penny press but I've been keeping this in my wallet and it looks fucking cool um so yes Dragon Quest there was plenty of Dragon Quest merchandise too this is this was the crazy thing about Japan Sean is that like all the stuff I love I could buy stuff for which meant Japan was very dangerous for my wallet (laughs) but I also realized like how little stuff in America I actually am a fan of
1: (laughs) yeah that it's like you're not going to go to like the Game of Thrones cafe or no I wouldn't give a shit
0: yeah I don't know what would do that for me these days yeah all right I'm gonna open up my other one while you're talking as well because now I want to see what my okay um we're deep in the Gundam stuff at this point Sean because day two day two was one of the best days we had because this is the day we went to Odaiba and Odaiba is just a super cool area of Tokyo there's a lot of fun stuff to do Um, We went there specifically to see the life-size unicorn Gundam statue, and there's a bunch of Gundam stuff around that. I'll get to that. We started, we get to Odaiba, we get off the train, and it's a big kind of tourist, um, you know, shopping destination. And there is this big kind of mall area called Pallet Town, not spelled like Pallet Town from the pokemon anime but spelled like the word palette like i put a palette of fish on something or whatever right sure so it's spelled palette town there was a bunch of cool stuff in here one of the things we did there's a building called the mega web which has a rotating series of exhibits and they had an exhibit on the history of toyota obviously a big japanese car manufacturer and so they had all these like cool toyota prototypes out um they had, let me see if I can bring up some pictures for you Sean just so I can kind of describe these um, and then they also had a couple of different like driving things you could do so they had a big Toyota driving simulation which was one of those things like where you you know get behind the wheel and then they have a bunch of screens and it's like you're driving mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a safety demonstration thing but Thomas and I both played it like a racing game which <laughs> well, meant we me crashed into a bunch of shit I mean you put me behind you know the wheel of a car in an arcade yeah I'm going
1: to play it like it's fucking burnout yeah. yes
0: exactly so but that was cool and fun um, and then there were some other cool stuff. Like you can see here, Sean, I'll probably have these pictures on screen. They had these weird like oh, Tron shit. cars yeah. that were like you could look at it. Like kind the of, car of the future kind yes, of thing. Yeah. Car of the future stuff. There was also one where you got inside an actual Toyota and they played like a safety video um, and you did stuff with that. So I did all of that. But um, that was mega web. Let's see. Then we went on, they had at Pallet Town a really big Ferris wheel. And we paid a little extra to be in the completely see-through gondola which they had on this Ferris wheel, which was basically... I don't think I have a picture of the outside of it, but it basically looked like the great glass elevator from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, And you could just see 360 degrees, and that was really cool because we went on a couple of Ferris wheels while we were in Japan. You can see some of the views here um, just outside because Odaiba is uh, kind of by the ocean, and then there's a lot of buildings and stuff to look at. So it was really cool to be up there. Um, Fun Ferris wheel. There were several fun Ferris wheels in Japan. We also went to one... In somewhere in Kyoto I think But anyway that was cool Um, Then we went to the Unicorn Gundam So the Unicorn Gundam is at what's called Diver City uh, Tokyo which is this big kind of Exhibition hall mall All sorts of things are in there And outside of that is the life size Unicorn Gundam It is very cool um, it is a one to one basically recreation of what a unicorn gun. I was going to say of a unicorn gun. A unicorn gun is not a real thing. Yes, but of what the
1: unicorn gun would look like.
0: It is. It is someone made a
1: one to one gun plot of the unicorn gun. Yes,
0: exactly. So much so, Sean, you're seeing kind of my far away shots of it. When you go close up, it's got. All the like actual little labels that would be on it. And they're all like in-universe. Like hidden structural bolts. See maintenance manual. Oh, or uh, the, here's the manual release lock. Yeah, and for you like the casing on the foot. Yes. casing Holy on shit. Yes, and they're all over. So you can see these in some of the pictures. Here's an armor lock. Here's the caution warning and all this it's super detailed you're seeing it right now in its um, sort of original white form like at the start of unicorn gundam but it did transform i was actually inside somewhere when the transform the transformation sequence happened but i did get to see it after it transformed and then of course you have the v comes out and then it's got all the red stuff we were there during the day my understanding is they do some pretty cool light shows with it at night uh, did not get to see those We were not there at night mm-hmm. But I still got to see it And it was very cool So That, is f- f- that seems fucking rad It was fucking rad it I rad. just had so much fun Looking at that um, I was trying to Thomas has not gotten To Unicorn Gundam He has only seen The original Gundam And I'm trying to explain How cool the fucking Unicorn Gundam is And he's like Why does it transform like that And I'm like Well that's when it's Going into them You know what You're just going to need yeah, To watch you, it You'll get there the, <laughs> yep. One
1: day the acronym NTD will mean something to you Exactly do you want to tell us what your sticker yes, is, Sean? now I'm going to pull my second sticker. I got the G-Fighter. Nice. Yes. That's a good, like, obscure Gundam
0: pull. Yes. I think there's, Faiuto like... Hayato in his G-Fighter. I think there's, like, 24 stickers that you can get. Um, So there's quite a few. But, yes. So, yes. anyway. All right. So we saw the Unicorn Gundam. Around the Unicorn Gundam, they had a Gundam Cafe. Now, this was not a full sit-down Gundam Cafe, but they did serve drinks. So there's a couple Gundam cafes around in Japan right now. I believe most of them are up for the 40th anniversary of Gundam. Yeah. And... You go to these places, I'm holding right now one of the cups I got because their big attraction is you buy a drink and they had several different kinds of drinks. They had some like boba teas, they had some different fruity drinks, some different teas and you would pay, it was like 1300 yen, so like 13 bucks, but you would get the drink in one of these collectible cups and you could pick your cup. This was the first one I got and it is this cool sort of picture of um the Gundam in Japan actually let me get out a piece of art I have I have a bunch of shit here on Sean's table yes that I got um okay that's the wrong one but anyway um I got this because I kind of liked the piece of art and wanted it on a cup I also later got it as like a, a kind of print here um but yes the drink that they served in it I got some sort of blue fruity thing I enjoyed it very much it was very tasty um but kind of weird Uh, but yes I got that cup I also later got at the Gundam Cafe in Akihabara I did one and I got a cup that just had it was kind of a like wireframe outline of the Gundam it's very cool animation but it was cool but here Sean this is the I have my clear file of it this is the big piece of art they have oh cool it, it is it is a big piece of art you're going to see it on screen right now but it is the Gundam like in the final episode of Gundam where it's headless and pointing the, the gun up and it is in front of the big famous like painting of the the wave crashing over Japan yeah um, and that's what's on my cup as well so this thing is pretty cool that's very um, cool but yes, yeah, so that was the Gundam Cafe. I got that drink, got that cup. The cup is very cool. It's, uh, it's, like, a, it's like a little water bottle, basically. So these came in handy as well, just because water bottles are good to have. Um, and so that was the Gundam Cafe. There was also <laughs> the Gundam Pop-Up Store, which was a little trailer next to the Life-Size Unicorn Gundam. I went in there and I got a couple different things at the Gundam Pop-Up Store. One thing is sitting on the table right now, Sean, that is this little metal harrow I got. And he is filled with chocolate, or he was. We ate the chocolate. It was, I need to open this because I forget what they called it. Yes, it was Haro Crunch Choco. (laughs) It was actually very tasty chocolate, but Haro was full of chocolate, and we ate the chocolate. But I'm keeping the Haro because the Haro is darn cool. Haro got a little beat up on the journey back because he's not invincible. Yeah. Yeah. But that happens to Haro. Uh, I got a couple other little souvenirs. I got that clear file I showed you. They had, this was super cool. There's an entire book, you can look at this if you want, Sean, about the Unicorn Gundam. The life-size one. It's like basically a, what would you call it, a catalog or something for the, um, the Unicorn Gundam sort of exhibition they have there. And it's, it's uh, the international version, so it's in English and Japanese, which is neat. Um, so I got one of those. And then I got something for you there, Sean. Let me see if I can find it here. Yes. So, Sean, I got you this at the Gundam Cafe. A goof. It's a goof magnet. Yes. Yes, it's like an SD Gundam goof as a magnet. So, Sean, I think that can brighten up your fridge. Yes, the goof, one of the all-time best mobile suits. Yes, absolutely. So, I thought you'd like that. Thank you very
1: much. You're very That's welcome. Very cool.
0: I've got you a couple of Gundam gifts here. So, let's see. Um, so, yes, that was uh, at the Gundam... Pop up store, there was a lot of stuff there. I also got myself a little notebook that I think I'm going to start using as my podcast notebook because I'm not doing it today. But most days on the podcast, I have a notebook open next to my computer where I record times for cuts and all sorts of things. If Sean is giving a list, I write it down so I know what his list was. Things like that. And it is a Unicorn Gundam. It's got pictures of the life-size Unicorn Gundam as a notebook. And it was like 300 yen because books are really fucking cheap in Japan. Mm -hmm. So I got lots of notebooks and stuff. But yes. So that was all cool. Cool. But that then there was another Gundam store inside the <laughs> Diver City Tokyo building. It's so fucking ridiculous that you went during the 40th anniversary of Gundam,
1: because yeah, because because a lot of this stuff is surely up there because yeah, because it, you know it's it's Gundam it's the
0: Gundam moment right now. Yes, this store though is permanent because it is the Gundam Base on the top floor of the Diver City building, and Gundam Base is the biggest Gunpla store in the world. It has I'm pretty sure every Gunpla. That is in production Is there mm-hmm. And some that I know Are not anymore In production Because I I know I couldn't find Like that one Online anymore It has like the old version of Char's red suit, not the current, the origin version that you would right. get if you went on Amazon. It's just got everything. It's got. It was like I did not buy any gunpla because I can get those anytime online, and I didn't want to have to like bring them back to America. Um, but it was super cool to walk around and see all the gunpla because they also had a bunch of them put together like professionally and like shown in cases. There also was a giant. Let me see if I can find life size Gundam head. Um, here, Sean, you're probably seeing some of the pictures yeah. of the different gunpla. They were really cool, and then they did have a big Gundam head out there. Yeah, there it is. Got myself a picture with it. Um, so gu- Gundam Base, very cool. If you want just to buy a shit ton of gunpla, that's where you want to go. It's a it's an expensive plane flight, but you can go there. You just just drown in hundreds of gunpla. Drown in hundreds of gunpla. All right, so. While we were still in Odaiba, we went to a building called the Venus Fort, which was another fun mall. Um, there was a cool 60s car exhibit, also kind of based around the Tokyo stuff, where you would walk through and it was supposed to look like you were in 1960s Japan so they had a bunch of 60s Toyotas and then like they had like storefronts set up that was kind of cool um, but the Venus Fort is a mall that very much reminded me of Las Vegas there's a building i remember when from one of the times i i think i've only been to Las Vegas once but when i was in Vegas there's like a building that like looks like it's Venice Italy on the inside mm-hmm. this did kind of similar stuff um, and it had like cool painted ceilings and whatnot there was a Japanese boy band performance going on while we were there a concert like just out in the in the main hall Um, so we were hearing that we went to lunch at a Chinese restaurant Japanese Chinese food is very good Um, I had a fried rice dish it was great we also found a standalone Studio Ghibli shop there there are a couple of these around Japan that are big Ghibli gift shops I did not buy a bunch here because I knew we were going to be going to the Studio Ghibli Museum But uh, I couldn't resist. They had a deck of Totoro playing cards. I also got a couple of clear files. That was fun. Um, Then in Odaiba, we also took a walk uh, to Odaiba Bay where they have... This is so fucking funny. They have a small Statue of Liberty, which I don't know why. That sounds like a fucking Las Vegas thing. (laughs) It's a very Las Vegas thing. I mean, there it is, Sean. It stands in front of the bay. It's like a, I don't know, 10 foot tall Statue of Liberty... It's funny. Um, Japanese people were very fascinated by it. Most of the people like lining up to take pictures with it were Japanese. It was fun. Um, we should put uh, like a smaller version of the Unicorn Gundam in New York
1: City as, to, to reciprocate. Yes, um, what absolutely.
0: Doing. I was thinking about this, Sean. I was trying to come up the other day. I was trying to explain to my stepdad the life size Unicorn Gundam. This yeah. is someone who doesn't know what Gundam is, and I'm like, well, imagine. I'm like, I first had to explain what Gundam is a little bit. Then I had to explain that Japan is way more into its pop culture stuff than we are into ours, and I said, "Just, just imagine if New York City had a sixty-foot Darth Vader."
1: Yeah, or like here's like a life scale model of the fucking Starship Enterprise, which is yes, like way too big, but like it's a similar sort of thing of like yes, oh my god, like that that is a giant thing from this thing I very much like.
0: Yes. Uh, then one of my favorite things we did is from. Um, Odaiba Bay, we took a boat ride to Asakusa. So we got to go on this really cool boat. This was not very expensive at all, and it was just kind of this like passenger day boat and got to take in the views of the bay and everything. Looked really nice. Lots of cool stuff to see. I got some cool video. You're probably seeing some of that here. And we went all the way back to Asakusa from there. Uh from there actually we went to Akihabara and stopped at the other Gundam Cafe. There you go. We did not wind up eating anything at the Gundam Cafe. Uh, But I did get another drink and another bottle because I'm like, I I need two of these. These are really cool. And, Sean, at the other Gundam Cafe is where I found the best souvenir I got in Japan. Okay. Which is, I put this on Twitter. You might have seen it. But it is the Mobile Suit Gundam Chopsticks. Yeah. Which is the Gundam Beam Sabers as Chopsticks... And on the front, it says, Amuro, itadakimasu! It's so good. Yeah, I remember you posting this
1: picture because I, like, zoomed in on it. I'm like, just fucking say... Itadakimasu! on the left side of the chopsticks and it 100% does and it's it's the line that they put to like emphasize one of the syllables it's impossible for me to read the way
0: they've written it without <laughs> hearing it in tonofutia's yes. fucking Amro voice
1: it's so good
0: it's so good i have not oh my take, god i have not had the heart to take it out of its packaging yet and on the back are instructions on how to use chopsticks spoken in the voices of captain bright and sailor so good oh my god so good this cost me like 15 bucks and i do not regret it
1: yeah it's like unfortunate that you could never eat in public with those things can you imagine yourself like sitting at like starbucks and eating with fucking like beam saber chopsticks in your hands well
0: because especially because when they gave me the food i would have to yell yeah jonathan itadakimasu itadakimasu Oh my god! But that was one of the best things I found because that Gundam Cafe in Akihabara had totally different souvenirs to the one in. Like, actually, I think your magnet came from the Akihabara one for whatever reason. They had some of those. We also went and visited some of the arcades. There are five giant Sega arcades in Akihabara. We visited arcades one, three, and four, uh, and I did play a little bit of Hatsune Miku Project Diva, Sean. Very good. Um, I spent some time with your girl. Yeah, you 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 brought some joy into the world. I do not understand how anyone plays these because it is so loud in these arcades. And you just oh, yeah. can't... I think there is a way to plug in headphones. because There must there, be. Yeah. There was a girl at the machine next to me. She was probably like 17, 18 who was super into it, really good, playing like on high level, and she was wearing headphones. So I imagine she had headphones plugged in, because I don't know how else you would do this. I played a song that I know, because I own this game, um, and I could not hear the song, but I knew the song. Um, So anyway, that was kind of funny. Um, Arcades in Japan are wild. There is, like, one, there's a lot of cool games you can play. I'm going to talk later about, I spent a lot of time with Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Awesome. But most of the machines in a Japanese arcade are gambling machines (laughs) and by gambling machines I mean most of them are are these what they call UFOs which is basically just the uh, crane games but they are even more sadistic than American crane games and they have lots and lots of cool merchandise in there all sorts of One Piece and Dragon Ball and what have you. Name right. your popular franchise of the day. Um, at the arcade near the movie theater, they had a bunch of Frozen merchandise. You know, that you can get in these. Why machines. would you mean merchandise from the movie Frozen, yes. not merchandise no. that no. has been frozen and put no. into ice? Merchandise from the movie Frozen, and you know, you could get some of these, and they're only 100 yen a play. But they are rigged as shit. Mm. There was at the arcade in uh, Nagano by the movie theater. There was a pair of slime headphones from Dragon Quest. It was giant metal king slime as the two earpieces. Ear they were super cool. I tried it a couple times, couldn't get it. Thomas saw it and spent a 1,000 yen trying to get it. After 600 yen, he completely 100%... Got it like got there's there's a tab that you have to get a metal thing through. He got it, the tab pulled, and it just didn't go and then he kept dropping money on like Thomas, stop it, he got it two times, and it didn't work. Because it's completely rigged But yes You gotta just play Yakuza Train at that shit Before you actually Go do
1: the real thing You just gotta master Those skills virtually
0: Uh, In fact if you played The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake Mm -hmm. The crane game That is in that Is exactly a UFO game Because it's You press right And then you press up And that's how it goes Yeah it's the
1: same thing In in Yakuza They Mm -hmm. they just have You get weird little Like duck dudes And shit
0: like that Yeah We had dinner that night At an izakaya uh, Near our hotel Izakaya's are places that are open late and have lots of different food and alcohol options on the menu. Um, You might go there alone or with a friend and have a little bit of food, or you might go there with a group of friends and spend like, you know, 30,000 yen together and split the bill at the end on Mm -hmm. different alcohol and stuff. Um, We had different meat skewers, which was really good. All right, day three. Um, Let's see. This is the day we went to Yokohama um yokohama is something we i had been pretty excited for yokohama's cool uh we first did a little stop at yokohama train station just to kind of look at the yokohama bay area um i did have a smoothie there from a street vendor that was very good our second stop was at a amusement park thomas wanted to go to called cosmo world which is a great name for a japanese amusement park and cosmo world Let's see uh we didn't Line up doing a ton of Rides it was kind of Rainy like their big Roller coaster was shut Down because of the rain Um but we did go on Cosmo clock 21 which is Their big ferris wheel in Yokohama um and oh, let me see. Yeah, so this is the big Ferris wheel. Shine, you can see it's called Cosmo Clock 21 because there's a big clock on it. Uh-huh. And there are the the carts are all supposed to represent like the different you know times of the day. It can you can kind of read the time off of it? So that was another Ferris wheel that was cool to see. Yokohama's neat. There was lots of cool stuff there. Uh, we went to the arcade at Cosmo World, played some Mario Kart. You can, you can the Mario Kart arcade game is so good, and it's so hard to find in America. Although it is one of the few Japanese arcade games you can find in America. Yeah. Um, We played some shooting games There was a crazy air hockey machine At Cosmo Hmm. Arcade And by crazy air hockey I mean it's air hockey But like every 20 seconds It would shoot out 20 more Like little pucks on the board and that so sounds have, awesome it was awesome because you would have the main puck and the main puck would get you more points but you would get one point a piece for all the little colored pucks so you're hitting around and there's just like 30 pucks on the board and like after so once you get all the colored pucks and the main puck in then it starts the next round and at a, at a random point in that round like 20 pucks just shoot the fuck out and like crazy music plays why have
1: we just settled with normal air hockey for I like I never even occurred to me that there could be you could do more with air hockey air hockey with like multi ball is sounds like the fucking best shit
0: absolutely uh Thomas also played a rhythm game called my my finale my my finale is very similar to the persona dancing games in terms of what it sort of looks like. Um, Here it is, Sean. You can see it here. Mm -hmm. It's got kind of, it's a circular pattern and the notes kind of go in a circle to the different corners of the screen. So it's very much like Persona. Thomas had never played it because he said every time he went to an arcade, it was like very crowded and he had never played it before and he didn't want to play it in front of other people without knowing it. Which is a very, very, if you know my brother, Thomas thing to say. I mean, I would do the same thing. Like, yeah. I would be like...
1: I mean, especially... I mean, Thomas has his rep to hold down as yes. the world champion of persona dancing,
0: so... I have a story about that in a okay. second. I'll tell it in a second yeah. so I don't forget it. But... um because Cosmo World was mostly empty that day, he took a couple cracks at it here, and um, he did okay. He, he by the end of our trip, he was still sad that he had not mastered my my finale, um, but that's okay, Thomas. It's
1: if he could just have it at his home, then he would. Yes. You know he would like record videos of himself doing it, and like study them for small inaccuracies in movement to perfect
0: it. So I was going to tell this story later because it happened later in the trip, but while it's on my mind, okay. So. Um, While we were in Nagano Thomas works in Nagano he works for a company called Aeon which teaches English and uh, a couple of nights we spent out with his various friends and one night so Thomas works every day until 9 p.m. he works 12 to 9 and uh, so I went out early with some of his friends um, and I was we were at a sushi place having drinks. Um, before Thomas came out to meet up with us, and I was talking to his. Fr- th- these friends were actually former students who are. Um, and if that sounds weird, these students of all ages. These people right. were all my age. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a high school no.
1: classes. Yeah, it's just from people who want to learn how to speak
0: English. Yes, so it's totally normal to like be friends with these people. Yes. Um, so these these other people all like my age, twenty seven ish. And one of the guys um, at one point we're talking. He leans over to me. He says and his English is 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 decent, but he doesn't speak a ton of English, so he was trying to figure it out. So he said, Thomas keeps saying something about number one persona in the world <laughs> 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 And so And so I said Okay And I said um, Persona dancing Dancing all night Dancing star night And he says Oh yeah 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 And I said It's a music spin-off, And he's like Yeah And I'm like And I was like um, <laughs> And I said Zenbu Zenbu Every song Zenbu Ichiban Thomas is number one And he was like Really And then he turned To the other two people And he's Sekai. like Sekai Sekai Ichiban Ichiban Yes, because I was saying it to him in like my broken Japanese. He was talking to me like his broken English, and we we communicated about Thomas's crazy thing. And and he leaned over to the two girls who were with it. was like Thomas, you know Ichiban Soda Dancing, Years. and I'm like yes, every song Zenbu. Oh my god, I just love the like because
1: I'm just picturing like one night Thomas taking out with his friends. <laughs> Thomas is like Never having told this Because it's such a weird thing To to say But like Finally working up the courage To like Mention this like What is legitimately Like a ridiculously amazing Thing he's accomplished It's just It's such a niche Weird thing You can't tell people about it Yeah And then he's like But he can't Doesn't quite get it across He's like eh, Never mind And then the guy's just like the Persona number one What? <laughs> just waiting for that opportunity To find out What the fuck Was he trying to say
0: Yes so anyway, oh my god, that's so funny! It was good. While we were in Yokohama, when we were at the train station, I saw an advertisement on the wall for a One Piece exhibit that was in Yokohama, and it turned out from Cosmo Arcade or the Cosmo what is it called Cosmo World. We were only five minutes away. It was at Yokohama Hammerhead, which is on kind of the coast, and I was like, "Well, that looks kind of cool." It's a One Piece exhibit. You can see my ticket here for it. On it was it was running. The exact dates I was in Japan, uh-huh. and I thought that must be fate. That would be fun to go see because these happen every so often in Japan. these different like manga and anime exhibits that just pop up, and I had no idea what was there. But I'm like, we should go. It's right here. We should go see it. So we went to uh, to Yoko, Yokohama Hammerhead. We had some spicy miso ramen for lunch, uh, and then we went to the Hello One Piece exhibit which was super fucking cool. It was basically just for, so One Piece is also, it's been having a couple of anniversaries lately, because 2017 was the 20th anniversary of the manga, 2019 was the 20th anniversary of the anime. Mm -hmm. Um, This exhibit was specifically about the manga, and it was basically just like, I got a bunch of pictures, because they did let you take pictures inside, which was cool. So it's a series of rooms that had basically a, a retrospective of the manga, with a bunch of cool stuff on the walls, so a lot of big prints and enlargement of different manga art they had a couple of original like um Ichiro Oda like corrections and drawings you can there see one of them here Sean catchphrase yes what are you not it mm. yes so that's like chapter well, that's not chapter one but it's like early in yeah. the series um yeah so they had a lot of this art on the walls. you could see that was cool they had they had it set they had different keywords for the first part. So keyword five here, Sean, was leadership, and keyword two was toughness. <laughs> I love that. So they had different stuff. And then the biggest room um was a bunch of enlargements of Oda's color art for One Piece, which if you don't follow One Piece, um One of its most famous things is that Ichiro Oda's title pages and splash pages he's just really fucking good at them and especially when he does color art they're like really beloved there's a series of books called the color walk books that just collect all the color art from the series and this was basically just a big art gallery of a bunch of his color art like blown up to wall size they're just so creative and inventive. Um, they're also very fanservice-y because he likes drawing <laughs> yeah. his girls with giant boobs. Here's, I'm looking at one right now of Nami drenching herself with bottled water because Oda's a pervert.
1: Yeah, I mean, it basically looks like a 90s like, Pamela Anderson commercial or something for yes. bottled water.
0: They're not all like that, but several of them are like that. Um, but they were very cool to see. Kind of walked through this exhibit. Um, lots of fun color stuff that you could just see on the walls. I took pictures of these mostly just because I wanted to remember... Like where to look them up in, like, the books and stuff, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of just cool ones here. Uh, at one point in the exhibit, they had a kind of mock-up of what the what his workstation looks like. So it's, like, a desk with, like, all of his different pens and different colors. Um, and, like, they had an illustration being worked on. I also thought it was funny on his desk. I doubt this is on his actual desk, but they had every volume of one piece on the shelf.
1: I bet that that is actually true. Really? Okay. Yeah, I um, watched, like, a big, like, hour-long documentary about... And I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who does Jojo's Bizarre Adventure at one point, because I was bored and on YouTube, and they did a whole tour of his gallery okay. with him talking about it, and he's like, I have to have, because especially with something that's as long-running as Jojo's or One Piece, he has to have all that shit, because it's like, if I want to make a reference that to something that happened in, yeah. like, volume two, part three, or something, and I want to make, like, I need to make sure that, like, I'm making the right dialogue reference, or, like... If I'm like this character design That I'm like referencing or bringing back I need to make sure that looks the same Like I think for long running mangaka in particular That is a thing that they really need
0: See maybe I was unfamiliar with this Because my point of reference for most manga stuff Is Akira Toriyama Who definitely does not do (laughs) that No he doesn't give a fuck No (laughs) If if he did that he would
1: have forgotten that launch exists
0: Yes um, or that he puts Yajirobe on the spine twice In five <laughs> volumes
1: Exactly That's yeah. one of the
0: best Yeah, lines. No Toriyama doesn't give a shit No um, But yeah so we saw all that Then the big selling point of the Hello One Piece exhibit was There was a VR thing that you got to do Where cool. they had put Oda in like a virtual reality space Where he had done like drawings of all the characters in 3D and then you like waited in line and you went and they did a VR headset they like had laptops and they put you in the headset um, this is kind of cool. This is all the characters reacting to what VR is yeah, on the wall. Good. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and so, yeah, you go in there, and obviously, I cannot show you what was in there really, but I got some pictures on the wall. They showed some of what was, you were seeing, and it's just kind of this. It's, it was very simple, but it was just this thing where, like, you watch this video play, and you could look in any direction at the drawings that had been done, and they were like three Dified, and it was just kind of cool. There was some. It was kind of neat to see the, the sketch, and he like drew basically all of the main like eight crew members i don't think he had the most like recent two or three ones like maybe up to like frankie um or maybe maybe brooke was in there the skeleton musician guy um, but anyway as long as they have got tony tony chopper i'm good tony He's chopper was definitely boy. there. tony chopper's fucking awesome. i don't know a lot about one piece but i like yeah. tony tony chopper it's voiced by ikuai otane who can, he, can exactly not? yeah um, anyway you know why i like <laughs> tony tony chopper <laughs> yes exactly so that was the one piece hello one piece exhibit there also was a very good gift shop i wound up getting myself a 2020 planner and a clear file uh, of the Hello One Piece like art that they had, because it's just really good art, um, and I wanted to hang it. Basically, what was on this ticket as mm-hmm. like a... When I say clear file, by the way, I'm talking about... This is like a big thing in Japan. Um, I was talking about it earlier with the Gundam thing, where you get these um, these files. They're like you would put papers in them and stuff, but they have art on them, and what's cool is you could use these for like a paper thing, or these can just be hung on your wall. Yeah. And they're art, and they're very cheap, like 300 yen a piece. Um, so I got a ton of these, because they're... Just sturdy like wall art basically um so anyway yes lots of good gift shops and i also have to say i have liked one piece for a long time because it was one of the first series serialized in american jump when yeah. that started and i i've i've read manga forever i've read manga longer than i've watched anime um because in original jump i read Yu Gi Oh, i read dragon ball i read one piece so like early one piece stuff like everything up to when they get to the grand line i've read like five times and for whatever reason when they get to the grand line i something like always stopped me like because i think that's when they pulled it out of the main magazine and like then there were like 60 graphic novels and it was always kind of hard to get into um and i think the anime the early one piece anime i think is kind of rough um the story's good but i don't love the production of the early anime like the voices are a plus but it's a little hard to get into on the other stuff it gets better with time um but it reminded me, like, I love One Piece. I want to get into it more. I'm doing a lot of train rides, and that's when I started reading One Piece again. Yeah. And I jumped in at about chapter 100 because, again, I know the first hundred chapters like the back of my hand. Um, and I was like, and this exhibit just like made me realize, like, I fucking love this thing. Why don't I read more of this? I should know it. Like, I do not. I'm not going to be able to watch 900 episodes of the anime. Yeah, that's a but big I can. Ask. I can read the manga. I can read the manga. And I'm, I'm reading the manga. It's fun. So anyway. Yeah,
1: if I ever got around to One Piece, that is probably the way I would do it. I don't think I could do the anime. I don't think I have... Like, I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. I can't do it. can't yeah. <laughs> like... I, I need to get back to finishing Gintama at some point, And that's only like 300 episodes. Yeah. I'm like 100 episodes in when I, I kind of fell off of it.
0: Right. Um, and I think most One Piece fans would tell you the manga is where you want to start. Because like he's Oda is so good at manga like he's it's it's his art is so good he's he gets better at layout as he goes along but when he gets good at it he's really good at it it's just it's such a def- like phenomenally written anime and it's also kind of more definitive because the a- the or manga because the anime has been going for 20 years and obviously it's changed hands and it's changed style and stuff. Yeah. So the anime is not quite as like consistent a thing. Like sometimes i hear the one piece anime is great with filler and pace and sometimes it's it's dragon ball z depths of garlic junior bad with that. <laughs> yeah. Um you know that sort of thing. So anyway Manga is definitely the way you want to go Although you want to watch some of it Because otherwise you wouldn't get the phenomenal fucking voice cast That show has Mm -hmm. Um, Which is so Every time I watch anything One Piece Because I've been watching some of the like specials and stuff I'm like I can't believe this fucking cast exists (laughs) Anyway Alright Getting off topic But that was That was day two Or this is Yokohama Yes So we did all of that Um one of the things I wanted to do while we were in the Tokyo area was visit the grave of my favorite filmmaker, Yasujiro Ozu, because I mm-hmm. knew where he was. Um, we made an attempt to do it on this day after Yokohama, but we did not realize that the temple where he is buried closes at 4.30 p.m. And we arrived there at 4.40. Wow. Um, and this was a failed attempt, which is too bad because that was an hour-long trade ride to get there and then another hour back. Uh, so that was bad, but I really wanted to do it, so we did it the next day. So, day four is when we went to. Uh, so, his grave is at Kitakamakura. So, you would take the train off to the Kitakamakura stop, and he's right there because where uh, Ozu is buried is at Ngakuji Temple, which is a very old uh, Zen Buddhist temple site. Um, it's not just one building, it's many buildings, it's many grave sites. Um, Yasujiro Ozu for those who don't know is the famous director of films like Tokyo Story and Late Spring a contemporary of Akira Kurosawa but very very different yeah. um, he did not make samurai movies he made very contemporary sort of family drama films they call him geki* films um, and I am of the opinion that Ozu is the greatest filmmaker who ever lived um, so this was a really cool opportunity um, and Gakuji in general is just one of the most beautiful profound places i think i've ever been it's really quite um you know there were so many cool temples i saw while i was there there's something about ngakuji because i don't think it's a major tourist spot it's um it's up in the mountains it's kind of it's in a very like rural area like the area i mean it literally late spring starts at the kitakamakura train station it is the kind of area where ozu's movies are set um it's, it's just a really beautiful place. Um, the buildings are great to look at. The, the big Zen gate, I believe, is the oldest still-standing Zen Buddhist gate in Japan. Um, it's a beautiful one. Um, so many cool things to see there. Just a very spiritual, sacred place. Um, but then the grave itself, um, you have to kind of go look. I did have a, a guide that was kind of helping me find mm-hmm. it because otherwise I don't know how I would find it. Because Ozu's grave famously does not have his name on it. It just says... It's got the character for Moo. Which is the word for nothingless, yeah. nothingness. Um, and it was really cool to just be there. And then also I was very amused by the fact that... Clearly lots of other people have been there. Because his grave is covered in alcohol. Yeah. Um, there is... Here's some Jim Beam whiskey. Here's some sake. If we go around the corner there's more sake. Um, yes, this is something that you do on... A lot of Asian cultures do this actually But Japan too Is you leave different food and drinks At the person's gravesite Ozu loved to drink Um, The best story I ever have heard about this Is that he and his screenwriter Kogo Noda Or his co-writer They would measure their success for the night of writing by how many sake carafes they had lined up against the wall (laughs) and so he was a voracious sake drinker people in his movies drink it a lot so i kind of felt bad that i didn't bring anything for him but um it was there he seems
1: to have enough he's got (laughs) He's,
0: he's loaded in the afterlife he's got fucking plenty uh and that was just that was a very very cool experience and i'm very glad we made the time to do that um yeah absolutely on our way back from this thomas took us to a couple of different stops just to see one of the things we did, Sean, is we went to Shibuya and did the Shibuya Scramble Crossing, which is what they call uh-huh. the giant crossing outside of Shibuya Station. This was such a surreal experience because there's a lot of places in the Tokyo area that you will recognize like as a general thing from video games. But Shibuya is something that a lot of video games just take completely. Yeah, in anime and just like yes. it's just a
1: very distinctive yes. location.
0: So, like for instance, in a couple of games we've played recently, Persona Five has Shibuya, uh-huh. and Digimon Story CyberSleuth has Shibuya. Yes, and I, I swear it was like it was like uncanny valley for me. The train station is exactly what I've seen in video games. You step outside, there's that kind of giant, like, truck trailer thing in the middle. Uh There are people everywhere. There was a politician on a stool (laughs) giving a speech. Did you go... Was it at night
1: so you could go and make friends with him? No, sadly.
0: This was during the day. We did not start a... I did not make him my confidant. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But you have that. Um, There is this... The dog statue of Hachi, the dog, that you can go, like, touch and take pictures with. Um, That was crazy. Shibuya... I've never seen more people in my life. Like, literally fucking crazy. Um, we went to Ueno and went to Onshi Park, where we just had a little dinner and just kind of looked at the park was cool. Um, finally went back to Ningyocho. Um, and that night is when we went to, or that day is when we went to uh, Kyoto because the next couple days we were going to spend in kyoto so we took a shinkansen tokyo to kyoto uh top speed of 290 kilometers per hour like yeah the shinkansen is cool Seems it is like it, yeah. it is um for one like i should guess i should just talk to you about trains in japan because sure. trains are awesome one of my biggest lessons i feel like from japan is that public transit when done well is an amazing wonderful thing and America, I have never been more painfully aware about how bad we are at it in America, mm-hmm. because like the Japanese public transit system is legitimately a masterful feat of human engineering. Like it is unbelievable what a well-oiled machine it is nothing is ever late nothing is ever early and and i was only there three weeks thomas i would ask was like no oh, yeah like there's, there's no such thing as a late train um you know it's all like automated you never have to talk to someone i mean if you want to there are people there who will answer your questions and are very nice but like it's all machines you, you pass your ticket you get i have my Suica card I, I finally put it in my book here but this is like your ic card that you load up with yen and mm-hmm. then you would just pass it as you go through the different train stops it's super easy if you make a mistake and like have to go back a stop or forward a stop they might charge you a little more but no one's going to harass you about it it just works there's no like onerous security stuff going on because the country doesn't have guns so they're fine um you know Uh it's uh it's really cool like sometimes the trains are crowded and that sucks but that's unavoidable um although it's, it's amazing to me how rare it was that we got a horribly crowded train you know like that could happen way more Like just I've never been to New York But I have a lot of Twitter friends from New York Who complain about the subway I think I've, I've heard it's a bad thing right now
1: Yeah no I mean yeah I've been there a couple of times now And it is I mean it is It is helpful but it is Yeah not it, You can see that there are there's lots of room for improvement Let's say in my yeah. limited experience
0: The the drap- Japanese train system is just Amazingly frictionless And that is what makes it so impressive and then the Shinkansen, which is how you would get over long distances, um, is really cool. It's a little pricey. It's kind of like, think of it like an airplane. It's yeah. kind of like that. Um, but it's very nice. You've got a reserved seat. I mean, you can buy unreserved seats and then you might have to stand on the Shinkansen. Um, but we didn't do that. We bought normal reserved seats. You've got plenty of room, way more like legroom than you would have on an airplane or something. Like It's built in such a way that if you if like the top racks were full, you could have your suitcase in front of you and still have legroom. Nice. So very nice. Um, it goes super fast. It's very smooth though. Like you could, on your seat back table, you could totally like write in a book and it's that smooth. Um, although it will get to a speed at some points where my ears would pop, which is the funniest thing. <laughs> that, that just sounds cool. That's It was cool. And then it is also a hell of an experience to stand up on a Shinkansen and walk to the bathroom because you stand up, you walk across the car and it's going so fast that like any little movement of the train, you'll kind of go, ah! and it feels like you're drunk walking because everything just feels a little off. Um, so it was really cool. Shinkansen, I rode four or five over my time in, in Japan. Very neat places. Uh, we got to Kyoto. Kyoto's cool. This was actually New Year's Eve. And so we went to our hotel. We actually had a really nice hotel. It was bigger than the other one. Just a really cool hotel room. And we watched the NHK New Year's special on TV. Nice. Um, which was a ton of fun. And we also found a channel that was playing Sasuke Ninja Warrior. Which is like American Ninja Warrior but yeah. for Japan. It was very cool. Uh, and we had some treats and drinks and everything from a, uh, re- a local Konbini. So lots of fun. That was our New Year's Eve. Then, uh, now we're in Kyoto for a couple of days. Kyoto is obviously the sort of ancestral, uh, capital of Japan. Mm-hmm. Kyo, that's actually what the kanji kyo yeah. means is capital, um... And so we, we saw a lot of uh, temples while we were in Kyoto, because that's what you do in Kyoto. Yep. Um, the first one we did actually, we didn't even realize this was here, but like a block from our hotel was Toji Temple, which I think Thomas and I both agreed was our favorite temple we saw in Kyoto. Um, Toji is just really, really cool. It is the headquarters of Shingon Buddhism in Japan, and it's where Kukai lived. So Kukai, if you don't know, is one of the... Him and Dogen would probably be the two most famous figures in Japanese Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where he lived and worked. Um, And so lots of cool stuff here there was the kodo the lecture hall where they had 21 statues of of buddhas and bodhisattvas and nyorai and all this stuff in four different groupings the four groupings were the nyorai who is the enlightened buddha in the center the bodhisattvas the uh myo who are the wisdom kings and the tenbu who are the guardians of the buddha so we got to see all these ancient statues amazing i'm not going to have photos of a lot of this by the way because japanese cultural sites that have been like designated it is illegal to take pictures there um so there's a lot of places where it's you just cannot take pictures inside you only can do it on the outside which is fine i am happy any kind of preservation i'm always happy with but um just wanted to make that clear uh oh god i'm going through my pictures here for sean and i just have to stop at um we were our hotel was next to a building with a sign that just said in giant bold letters arouse second floor never figured out what it was like is it like a misunderstanding of like the word "arise"
1: or something like you're supposed to like was it pointed toward a set of stairs maybe i don't know
0: yeah i don't know this did not seem like the part of kyoto where it would be the other kind of arouse but i don't know uh i also had to take a picture of all the che, <laughs> che guevara cigarettes at the side that was at a 7-eleven kyoto fucking loves Che. yes exactly so anyway uh but yes toji temple as i said the kodo hall the kondo the main hall is where you had the big statue of the yakushi nyorai who is the buddha of medicine who has the seven aspects of the buddha around his head and the 12 generals around the waist that was really cool also had the bodhisattvas of moon and sun next to him really really fucking cool uh pictures or um um, statues and stuff there and then the coolest thing about uh toji and what you would see from the road and everything is the 5 storied pagoda at toji mm-hmm. is the tallest pagoda in japan and you cannot go inside it um most pagodas you cannot pagodas are actually in temples is often where they have uh stored most of the most valuable artifacts is what they're actually for um so you cannot go in most of them but you can see them and they're just Look at that, Sean. Yeah. It's so cool. And uh, I will have to admit, though, every time I saw a pagoda in Japan, Sean, I would have a little eye twitch and go, Genichiro, you motherfucker. <laughs> I know you're up there. Yeah, still yeah, waiting yeah, for me. I,
1: I will admit, I'm looking at the picture of the pagoda and be like, maybe you could really just grapple that fucking the corner of that pagoda, huh? Yep. Yep. Yeah, get up there.
0: Um, oh, another cool thing I learned about the five-storied pagoda at Toji in from like the pamphlet is that it is impervious to earthquakes due to its architecture it's built in such a way where like the central beam has like different pieces that like are able to move during an earthquake Mm. and they'll move but not out of alignment so it can kind of like shake back and forth a little bit but stay tall i think that must be the inspiration for bell sprout tower in pokemon gold and silver oh I think that's where they got that from, reading all about this pagoda, because that's kind of what they described. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is a really old pagoda. It it, it suffered fire damage at a certain point, but it has been through many historic earthquakes and gone on just fine, which is really neat. Yeah, cool. Later in the day, we went to the Fushimi Inari Taisha, the Fushimi Inari Temple, which is this place in Kyoto um, that is against a mountain. It's very, very popular. It is the most... Crowded place, I think I've ever been, other than Shibuya. Um, So you go up the main street to try to get into the temple, and it is just crazy busy. There was street food everywhere. We actually wound up having lunch just with different street food. We had ham on a stick. We had, I had this weird like rice bacon thing on a stick i'm not sure what it was but it tasted good we had some karage which is japanese fried chicken and someone was selling oreo churros and i had to try that and it was very good that sounds Um, very good yeah and then there's this huge temple area on a mountain with what they so all of the stuff here is colored because this is a shinto shrine and you have the big red shinto gates which um yeah the Tori which you'll see in lots of things I immediately thought of Dragon Quest 11 because it's a recent game which has the town of Hoto is full of these fucking things and it's very clearly based on a place like this um, and just this was New Year's Day so this is a popular destination for Japanese people on New Year's Day let alone like tourists like us so um, very very crowded thousands of these gates we walked through some of these. You could also just go off the beaten path though and just walk kind of around the mountain. Um, and there were some other like smaller little shrine sites kind of off the beaten path. We, we saw this really cool bamboo forest and walked around that. Um, really, really neat place. And those, those gates, again, there's thousands of them. Each one has the names of like the person who created or donated or paid for it on it. Um, there's all these fox statues. Fox statues are fucking cool. You know, um, we met the fox from Persona 4. Not really, but, you know, felt like we could.
1: You, you didn't meet him, but he, he met you.
0: Yes. Uh, Thomas was very excited to buy an Inari mask while we were here. Cool, and yeah. he, he. there were lots of shops, and he was very picky about it, and finally found the Inari mask he liked. While well, I found one, because a normal Inari mask is kind of like... The character inari in persona 5 is this white mask with the fox face yeah i found a version that was uh black colored with like all the colors of the eyes and stuff in red and that one's really cool so i've got that and i'll probably like hang it on my wall at home so that was really neat i also got some chopsticks there uh chopsticks are a good souvenir to get in japan because they're generally pretty cheap unless you want crazy ones did they look (laughs) like beam sabers no No. these are still the best chopsticks i got are the beam sabers obviously obviously but yes anyway uh and then that evening we went to kyoto tower kyoto tower is kind of like the tokyo sky tree only not as big it's a 100 meter observation deck it's like a quarter as tall but kyoto obviously does not have as much like land mass and buildings as tokyo Mm -hmm. so this is actually really cool though the kyoto tower is fun you can see here sean i've got our ticket and we got this little stamp because the kyoto tower has a little mascot i forget his name um yeah but he's they were really trying to make this mascot happen and he was all over the place um but it was cool to see uh we got our picture taken because this is a famous this is a thing that like everywhere in japan they have a line where they make you get your picture taken and they'll give you a little version for free and then they will charge you 15 bucks for a big one if you want it um we got a couple of those as souvenirs for my mom because she likes that kind of thing um we did not at kyoto tower because they didn't have as good a photo location as the the photo location at the tokyo sky tree they gave you different plush toys to hold in the photo oh, so yeah. that one was good yeah yeah go. that one was good and then that night like i said we did the, the, the sky tree and that's when we went to yodobashi the dining so anywho all right so let's move on with kyoto all right day six Day six is a big one because on day six, we hit four temples in one day. All right. Thomas, like, spent the evening before, like, on Google Maps, figuring out the route from each one and, like, making a plan so we could hit all of these in one day. He was very excited about this. We went to Ninanji Temple, Kinkakuji, ji Ginkaku-ji, yep. and Kiyomizu. So let me break these down because these were all really cool. So Ninanji is... Um, I say temple, there is a temple, it's got Zen gardens and pagodas and stuff, there's also an area that is sort of a big um, complex, um, almost like a small castle or something, like Japanese castle, that they allowed you to walk through, you like took your shoes off, put them in a little bin, and then you walked through, and you just got to see, you know, all the sliding doors with art on them, and the different hallways and stuff, very cool, I felt like I was on the set of like a Satoichi movie, where he's like in one of the places you know like he probably goes and hides under the you know the elevated like thing yeah so something like that that was a very cool area kinkakuji so kinkakuji is famous because it is this big palace that is completely covered in gold there's not a ton to see like that's the main building Then there is after that building you do this pretty cool walk through there's some garden areas it's near a mountain so you're kind of on a mountain it's a very very beautiful area um Not as much in the way of, like, museums and sort of educational stuff. But the Golden Palace itself is pretty cool to see. And, like, just the photos I have of it, it totally looks like a location in a painting or a movie or something. Like, it's one of those places where you go and you're like, I can't believe this is real, you know? Especially for someone who, like, has spent so much time seeing these kind of Japanese things as an outsider looking in. Actually going to some of these places and being like, holy shit, this is real? I can't believe it's this pristine? Like like these are the kinds of places most of these places sean would charge you i actually have my tickets here in my book for the different places because most of these places charge you about five to five hundred to a thousand yen to get in and i am always very happy to pay that price because i know it goes directly to keeping these things in this shape yeah and i think that is such a like i would pay more for that like that is a good use of money you Mm -hmm. know is to keep this stuff together um you know i wish our country had this much sense of pride in its own shit (laughs) because look how cool that is yeah all right We had lunch at a place near King Kakuji called Cafe Bear Which was a completely bear themed Cafe and by bear themed I mean Outside they had a bunch of bear Statues Um, here's the bear statue That says Cafe Bear Inside they had a bunch of Stuffed animals just everywhere Like you can see here they have a whole bar area where Every seat just has a giant fucking stuffed Teddy bear in it And then the food they serve looks like animals.
1: Uh, Okay, I was way into it up until the like decapitated bear head sitting on like cutlets. Yes. That just makes it look like you fucking just mutilated this adorable (laughs) little bear. Like kept its head pristine, but just ripped its body to fucking pieces. That is kind of
0: what it looks like. It's very grotesque. It's very grotesque. I had some tonkatsu curry. Very, very tasty. But yes, they do make it look like an adorable bear... Whose bowels have just been splattered in front of you. Yeah, it's pretty intense. That bear had some tasty bowels. Uh, all right, then we went to Ginkakuji, uh, which is a super cool place. You had sort of this big outdoor walk to do, there were lots of Zen gardens, there were lots of statues really beautiful buildings that you could see um this this was a temple like this temple does not have a central building the way some of the others do it's sort of just the area and some of the art you'll see on the walls and like I said the statues but I really loved it Ginkakuji was one of my favorites we went to just because of what a like kind of beautiful experience it was to walk through um they had lots of bamboo that you could look at i always love seeing bamboo bamboo is so fucking cool sean Mm -hmm. like you can see on this on the walk you know for a lot of these places they use bamboo as like the handrails and what i think is so cool about bamboo is that it's like the sturdiest fucking handrail you'll ever feel but you kind of grab at it and bamboo is so light it's an amazing I know I'm not the first person to have this observation in human history, yeah. but it is like an amazing thing um that you would see a lot of these temples. Um and man, just seeing all the statues and shrines and like burial places. Ging Kakuji was definitely one of my favorites. You also get to these high points where you could kind of overlook things. Um, just a really cool area. Ginkakuji and King Kakuji also had by far the coolest tickets. These Sean are the tickets yeah. they gave us at these places. And they basically look like sort of inscriptions that you would you know that that a calligrapher would make yeah it's
1: like a talisman looking Mm -hmm. thing yeah
0: yeah very very cool and then our last temple of that day was kiyomizu um and kiyomizu is up in the mountains it is these tall different orange red colored buildings and pagodas Um, thomas made the comparison and he's not at all wrong it totally looks like the bowser's castle level in mario odyssey um, I mean, yes, for a reason. For a reason. The,
1: the Mario Odyssey <laughs> Bowser yes. level looks like this temple. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Um, it was pretty clearly based on it. But I'm saying if you've played Mario Odyssey, yeah that's kind of the inspiration for that level Um, really cool area and you go through sort of the main buildings and those are cool but then there's this big walk up into the mountains you do and you wind up at this spot where you have this big overlook of Kyoto it's like the highest spot we probably got to in Kyoto because it's way up the mountain and you can just overlook everything and it's super cool and beautiful and at this point it was nearly sunset because we had seen so many temples this day and traveled so much And it was just super neat. Um, You're seeing here, Sean, like this is kind of up at the top Mm. where you go. Got to see a Buddha statue. And yeah, just super neat to see all of that. Um, Very panoramic views of Kyoto. Through all of these temples, we got to see lots and lots of souvenir shops. And I do not even fully remember everything I bought. Uh Um, Among different temple souvenirs... I know I got um, some incense at Engakuji because there was incense recommended by the priest of the temple. So I was like, "That's oh, I should probably get that incense." If I got, you didn't
1: buy it, that priest might have become incensed.
0: I made the joke on one of our last podcasts that you seem to be taking up the mantle of bad puns, Sean, and you are keeping it up now in 2020. I just got mad
1: at myself because I thought of that joke the first time we talked about incense and then I they didn't make it in time. And so I was waiting <laughs> for you to bring up incense again so I could make it.
0: I know I got uh, some special chopsticks at some of these places. I think it was at Toji. Um, so you can buy these little charms and and the different charms in Japan are like themed to different things like i want a charm for health or i want a charm for something something um the one i got one for they had cuz this seemed like such a japanese charm was good luck on exams yeah. uh-huh. and i i will be in 2020 taking my comprehensive phd exams so i'm like I owe it to myself to buy that fucking charm for, you know, 500 yen or whatever. Yeah. So that was fun anyway. Yeah, so lots of souvenir shops along the way. That night, we went back to our hotel, and near our hotel was a Moss Burger. Moss Burger, which is yeah. very clearly the inspiration for Wild Duck Burger in Persona 3. Another staple of the ginky textbook
1: that we, we studied mm-hmm. in Japanese class.
0: Absolutely. fucking Got to go to Moss Burger. I had the Moss Burger, which is a burger that has, like, a special sauce on it. Um, really fucking good. Had fries. I had the burger. Great. I'm they- sure it is good. Like, like
1: the one problem I have with Moss Burger is the name makes it sound like it's just, like, this gross, earthy. Like, it just, it sounds like it's a burger. Like, when I picture it in my head, it's, like, a fuzzy green burger is what the moss burger sounds like right yes um and obviously for the japanese audience that's not a problem but it's like moss burger on the name alone sounds so fucking gross i'm not sure i could do it
0: but the hours flew by as we enjoyed a tasty meal Mm -hmm. and uh, i also that night at moss burger i tried with my combo you know you get a soda and I was looking at their soda list, and I'm like, "Ooh, I want to try that melon soda. I'd never had melon soda. Melon soda is one of the best sodas. Mm-hmm. It's a Fanta. It's a so at places that serve Coke, it's Fanta melon soda. It is by far the best flavor of Fanta. Orange soda can kiss my ass. Melon is so much better. It is so tasty. It is also very popular in Japan to mix Coke and melon soda.
2: Oh, that's I've never very that. good.
0: It's like Coke that tastes... Yeah, it's like melon flavored Coke. It's really good." Melon soda's great. And I'm mad we can't get it here. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've had some melon soda out of like um, shops
1: in Denver um, that are like basically like where you can get like ramen and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And yeah, but like melon soda is awesome. Like melon is a really good flavor. Yes. And yeah, it's just like very rare to get anything like that over here.
0: I know. So anyway, I'm mad about that. But that's okay. Let's see. The next day we took the bus to Tofukuji Temple, which is the... This is a funny thing that I just have to make a little note on. Is so a lot of obviously as you're going around Japan, everything's in kanji, but then there will be sometimes they will have romanized it. And Japanese people do not give a shit about how they romanize things. Like sometimes they will, there's no like the rules in America would be not in America, but just like if you're studying Japanese, is you would either use like for a long O, you would go O U, or it's more common now, you would do the O with a mark over the top. Yeah, of it. so the elongated O. They make most romanization in Japan itself does not make any like clear points on that um so it really doesn't tell you how to read a lot of these words tofukuji happens to be made of kanji i entirely know and the Mm -hmm. toe is just east so i know that's a long toe yes the same toe from tokyo yes exactly so uh, and just like and you know it makes sense like tokyo we technically say wrong it's tokyo you know not tokyo as a lot of americans say it but like tofukuji they was Mm -hmm. always spelled tofu kuji And it made it look like it was Tofu. And there was just something about that that made me laugh. Because it's not. It's Tofukuji, But they would spell it Tofukuji. And I'm like, yeah, anyway. Not important, but it would make me laugh. So this is the temple site. A very cool temple site that includes the Gosha Jojuku from 1594, which is an ancient shrine. uh, And the Samon Gate, which is the single largest Zen gate in Japan. This place was critical. Here are the pictures, Sean, of the extremely large zen gate that one was really cool to see there was this flight of stairs that goes up to this little fortune shrine lots of lots of cool stuff here um loved all of that um so that was tofukuji then we took the train to byodoin byodoin is famous because it is the building on the ten yen coin so if you've ever Mm -hmm. seen a ten yen coin there's a little building on the back of it well it's a little on the coin because the coin is little but you know what i mean yeah um but it is a obviously very famous site and you go to byodawin and you get to see it and it's actually i think i'm using this picture as our kind of key art for the episode this week because i like how it looks because like in all art of byodawin it shows like the building reflected in the water and you always think that's just something they drew you can't get a reflection that perfect oh you can You can, Mm -hmm. because this building was very clearly made. There's a moat around it, and there is just a very perfect shadow of it in the very still, clear water. It is beautiful. The big building that you see on the coin is called the Phoenix Hall. It is built to look like the palace in the land of happiness in Buddhism. Hmm um and actually the comparison i made to thomas because i was explaining this to him he doesn't i think know a ton about buddhism um i I do i just i I love studying it um so i made the comparison it is and people will know this it is like enma palace in dragon ball z yes that is enma palace is supposed to look like the palace of happiness in or palace in the land of happiness this is like the real life version of it um i just was missing the sign that said welcome with two l's (laughs) yes yeah. Anyway, but Biwadoin really cool. And then at Biwadoin is one of the coolest museums I saw while I was there. The Hoshokan Biwadoin Museum that has a ton of artifacts. It includes twenty six different worshipping Bodhisattva statues. That is just a really famous collection. Um, again, no pictures from the inside of that by by law in Japan. This is yeah. not like a polite request. It's this is like a cultural law passed by parliament that you will not take pictures here. So anyway, but Biwadoin very cool. And I actually did pick up um you couldn't take pictures but a lot of these museums would have a catalog that would fully like show everything you were seeing mm-hmm. um and then also at it's kind of funny at the byodawin museum all of the like cards next to the exhibits were fully in japanese so i couldn't read a lot of that but the catalog i bought had everything in english and japanese so i'm looking forward to reading all of that and seeing what i was maybe missing while i went through the angel yeah. museum but very cool stuff um that was byodawin uh, we went back um, around there. We had lunch at a soba place because in Kyo- this area of Kyoto, green soba or matcha soba is very famous. So I had green soba with fried egg and beef. And that was one of the more tasty meals I had. Soba is a very flavorful noodle type. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, green tea soba. Soba is a weird noodle because sometimes they serve it as what they call cold soba. Where they serve it cold and then they give you like the sauce or, or what you would put it in hot on the side. And you dip the cold soba in there and like dip it in the flavor and then eat it. It's very flavorful. It's very good. But anyway. Sounds good. Yeah. That night we did one of our favorite things. We went to the Kyoto Aquarium. The Kyoto Aquarium is an awesome aquarium. There are a shit ton of penguins. There are a shit ton of seals. The seals are really cool. They have very fun drawings by the staff on the wall, which is just fun. Um, So we saw the penguins. We saw the seals. We saw dolphins. We did not get to go to the dolphin show, but you could still go into like the dolphin enclosure and the dolphins were just swimming around. And frankly, I prefer that because then I did not have to think about how the dolphins were trained to do the tricks. The right, dolphins yeah. were just having fun, swimming completely of their own accord. They had one little uh, place where they had the basically fish from Finding Nemo in one tank together. I mean, this is intentional, obviously, yeah. Sean, right? They have Dory and uh, Marlon from Finding Nemo, basically, um, in this one. Um, but it was really cool cool you said there was a lot of sharks you could see it was a really great aquarium we kind of should
1: put the sharks in the finding nemo tank there's sharks in that movie
0: (laughs) there is that that might be a little counter to the purpose of an aquarium but you know you want to make it authentic yes uh and those penguins there were some really cool penguins there um all penguins are cool penguins absolutely this is my official stance on the matter yeah okay i don't know where i took this picture but i just went through it i think this was at a convenience store sean i took this because this is a sleeping beauty blanket at yeah. the top it says Disney's Aladdin. I don't yeah. know if it's in the wrong bag. I but I took a picture because I was fascinated in it.
1: Yeah, and then below Disney Aladdin it says in Japanese Disney Princess. It's, okay. It's a very confusing <laughs> I'm getting very mixed messages from oh, whatever. Ichiban
0: Kuji? Yes. Okay, so number one um like souvenir. Yeah, 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 drawing basically. Drawing, yeah. Disney Aladdin, Disney Princess Sleeping Beauty. It's only for 8 and up, ages 8 and up though, okay. so you can use it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Um, anyway, yes. So that was all fun. Dinner that night we had, I had a tonkatsu and rice dish. That was very good. Um, the tonkatsu yeah. looked like a mutilated teddy bear yes. this time. There was a no, it did not. There was a photo booth at the Kyoto Aquarium and I had to convince Thomas to do it with me. But when, he, when we finally did, it was a great idea because this is what we got, Sean. <laughs> Where you could like... It was a green screen and you could pick different backgrounds. So it's Thomas and I with seals and with penguins. It's great. Yeah, I like the one with the seal in the foreground. <laughs> and I'm like right over the seal. Yeah, I'm so glad... This was a great idea. Yes, this is a was a great idea.
1: I mean, Thomas looks fucking stoked in those pictures.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, once I, I bro- broke him down enough, Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Day eight. Um, this was the day we... This was our last day in Kyoto. So the first thing we did was we had to check out of the hotel. Um, one thing in Japan is that there are lots of places where you can just... And hotels will do this for you. Where you can just leave your baggage for the day. Because, you know, people travel a lot for business or what have you. They bring their bags. And it's just a... Japan is a country of different common courtesies. Mm-hmm. And it is a common courtesy for hotels to just keep your bags for you for the day. While you go out and do stuff before you catch your train or whatever. So we dropped off our bags... Then we took a very crowded bus ride to Nijojo Castle. Nijojo Castle was one of the coolest fucking places we got to go. Because Nijojo, built in 1603, it was the Kyoto residence of the Tokugawa shogunate. Okay, yeah. So this is the site, Sean, where the first shogun announced the consolidation of power. Because the Tokugawa shogunate was the shogunate... that ended the period of civil war in Japan and then ruled for like 250 years in a period of brutal feudalism for the peasants. Yeah. But relative peace for Japan. Yeah.
1: Compared to
0: the warring states period. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so at this castle the first shogun announced the consolidation of power and then 200 years later the last shogun abdicated his power back to the emperor in the Meiji Restoration. Yeah. So this is like a place rife with history right? Um, and you got to do, at Nijojo Castle, I cannot recommend it highly enough because this place lets you do a full walkthrough of the castle. Awesome. So you get to go, and again, I do not have pictures inside because it's prohibited, but you can see the outside here, Sean, and you go through the entire thing. Um, they've they've got just all this amazing wall art, um, all the art that's on the different like sliding doors. Um, a lot of it actually is recreations and reconstructions because they don't let people see the originals because those are like kept in like very climate controlled storage i assume um but like you eventually get to the place where like you go to like where the shogun would have his biggest most official meetings and it's like a big lawn chamber with three sort of rising levels and the lowest level is where the lowest people would sit Second level is like where all the lords would come. And then the highest level is where the shogun would sit. And they had like life-size mannequins of all of them seated there. So you could see kind of how they would be seated out. I was just nerding out at all of this. Mm -hmm. It was such a cool slice of history. And one of the coolest things is as you walk through Nijojo Castle, there's a chirping sound going on. And I thought at first, because a lot of places in Japan do stuff like this, there was some like speaker system and they were playing like some bird sounds or something for ambience. But you get to a point in the, basically museum is what it is now, where they have an explanation of it. Because everything was in English and Japanese at this one. Um, and it's that the way this, the floorboards are built in Nijojo, and it's, it's common of a lot of architecture of the era, I guess. The way the nails are put in and the kind of material used. If enough people walk on it, the nails moving up and down in the floorboards makes a sound like birds chirping. Jesus. It was one of the... And once I knew that, and then I was super hyper aware of it, and it was really cool, and I was kind of sad when we left the castle and I wasn't hearing it anymore, but I can just, as I'm explaining it to you, Sean, I can hear that fucking chirping. It was crazy. Um, I can't... Yeah, but Nijojo Castle, cannot recommend it highly enough. There's a whole area of it that is currently under construction because they're doing some restoration to it so i think there's a second building that you can sometimes go to but right now like i said under construction but really really cool so we went back to kyoto station uh we had lunch at kyoto station i had a noodle curry with shrimp tempura it was okay curry is better with rice Curry with noodles. I, I just did, I don't know, won my thing. But that's okay. Um, let's see. We retrieved our luggage and then we went, we took the Shinkansen to Nagano, which is where Thomas lives and works. Um, Nagano is about, we kind of, we were going in a weird way because we went Tokyo to Kyoto, then to Nagano. If you go straight Nagano to Tokyo, it's about a 90 minute Shinkansen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's south of Tokyo. And yeah, so this is where Thomas currently lives. So I got to spend a couple days in Thomas's apartment. Thomas. Has a He lives in a mansion Now mansion means Something yes. different in Japan <laughs> Mansion is the word For a one person apartment And it is Not a mansion It's extremely small I feel kind of bad for him But I, I was perfectly cozy there It's just that You know His room has about Enough room for a bed And a little Not really enough room For his TV His TV is too big For that room But you know He has his TV Computer setup up uh, Chair All of He has like His like desk chair But it's Japan So it's a desk chair That's just on the ground There's no mm-hmm. legs on it um and then you know bathroom and everything um nice little place even with two people a little full um, because it's it's not what it's for but that was fine thomas let me sleep on the bed and he he had a futon he had bought so thank you thomas that was very nice of that you it was very nice yes um we had dinner at a um place called hakata yatai and i just mentioned that because i went to this place twice because they had a dish that was gr- it was called grilled meat on the rice <laughs> On, grilled the meat on the rice <laughs> yes and it was just it was grilled meat rice and an egg yolk and i don't know there's nothing special about it it was so fucking good one of the things i learned in japan that i'm gonna definitely have to do more is rice dishes where they just put an egg on it mm-hmm. it's super fucking good like you put egg yolk like cooked hopefully on rice it tastes really good you put meat on there Especially grilled meat On the rice Yeah on the, the rice. rice Not any rice The rice This is the rice Motherfucker So that was great uh, We made a trip To the local Don Quixote To buy some extra pillows And food stuff uh, This is where I found M&M's for the first time In Japan M&M's are kind of rare I only kept my M&M's wrapper here Sean Because I love Their logo Is it's, it's Mirakuru Choco Yeah <laughs> Miracle chocolate m ms in Japan They are the Miracle chocolate Sean
1: yeah, it's the, the pink color of happiness, according yes. to the Japanese <laughs> exactly. text on the front.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, oh, I have some of my Pocky saved here. Pocky is cool. Pocky's Pocky, Pocky is probably the easiest Japanese treat to find in the U.S. Yeah. Pocky's everywhere. That wasn't true a couple of years ago, but I feel like now... No, yeah, you can get it at almost like any grocery store if you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, but I just kept it because this is Japanese Pocky. It's got this yeah. cool box. So anyway, um, yes. So then we had Day 9. Day nine is fun because we met... So one of Thomas' friends is actually his um, direct superior at Aeon. is uh, named Yui-sensei. And she took us on a trip to her hometown of Suwa... Um, where we were picked up by her mom um, and we got a like local tour of Sua which is a place that I feel like is probably not a tourist destination for a lot of people but is a super cool town um, you know you're seeing in the pictures here water this is not ocean front Sua is a town built all around this giant lake so it's kind of a unique Japanese setting really cool place we went to lunch at a place called Full Taco. Full Taco from Okinawa. With a fucking Shisa, like cartoon Shisa man on the front. Yes, exactly. Uh, This is, I should say, where Yui Sensei and her mom wanted to go. It is a Okinawan sort of restaurant, but it is also a taco restaurant. So it's like Japanese taco, which is a big bowl with rice, taco meat, and the biggest heaping helping of lettuce I have ever seen. It was quite good. Um, But it was quite a weird take on, like, Mexican food. And that was the closest I came to seeing anything vaguely... Like Mexican food in Japan. Mm. That is not a genre of food that is easy to find there. Italian food? All fucking over the place. I did not know that about Japan actually. But they like their Italian food. Uh, Mexican food not so much. But full taco. Great name for a restaurant. That is a great sign. It's a phenomenal sign. Yes. So anyway. At Suwa the first thing we did is we sort of went up into the mountains. And had a panoramic overlook of Lake Suwa. Look at that view Sean. It is gorgeous. Um, So you get to see kind of the whole city built around this giant lake. Really fun um, place to see. There was also a playground there where Thomas found a blue elephant statue made for small children and got very excited. So here's a picture of Thomas. He was so happy. He was very happy. That was the happiest I I saw on the whole trip.
1: It's kind of a crap. (laughs) If I'm going to be totally honest, that thing looks like it was probably built in the fucking Showa era. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. That we also Thomas went down this slide made for children, and I don't know if I'm going to have time to play the whole video because first he had trouble figuring out how to get to the slide because it's got this like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's this like, strange
0: like apparatus, mm-hmm, series of bars. So we went
1: up yeah, one it's way, like a to, jungle gym to the slide. You have yes. to accomplish the slide challenge before you have the right to
0: the slide. Yeah, here's Thomas going down the slide very haphazardly because yeah, it is very not, gentle. Yeah. It's, oh, and
1: there's some little taper statues.
0: Yeah. Why was he so stoked about that fucking elephant? Those tapers are dope. <laughs> All right. So, those
1: are way better than the blue elephant.
0: That was Lake Sua up in the mountains. Then we went to a local temple, which I actually did not catch the name of. Um, and I forgot to ask Yui Sensei about it later. But it was this really beautiful little temple. And it had the nicest Zen garden we saw. Um, because it had this very traditional garden... I got some amazing pictures there. Just this beautiful little garden with a little nature path through it. Um, One of the things about all these little ponds that you'll get at the gardens in Japan is they have, you know, koi fish in them. But these fish, of course, they're well cared for. They have no natural predators. So they get very old and very big. And just the biggest fucking fish you've ever seen in these ponds. Uh, And at this place, at least, I think people must feed these fish because they will come up to you. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of swarm around which i do not normally see fish do so that was kind of funny Um, but anyway very cool zen garden at that temple we then went to the uh suataisha akimiya temple Uh, this is a big local temple uh this was january 5th so still near new Year's. so there was a lot of like ceremony going on here um there were a lot of fortunes ceremonies this is also a place where they have some hot springs so like the hand station was a hot spring hand station which i did not see anywhere else but that was kind of cool um but very cool little place and very this is not like a super touristy temple like a lot of temples your the fortunes like you can pick english fortunes if you want this is the kind of place where no Mm -hmm. like no signs in english felt very like authentic in that way but while we were there um we saw there was a music box museum uh suanone across the street if you don't know music boxes are really popular in Japan Hmm. this is one I do not know the origin story of I don't know where that comes from but they fucking love their music boxes and music box museums are very like popular and revered and this is a really cool one amazing collection of big old music boxes from like all over the world and they would play them for you while you were there so like you can see these Sean this is like these old giant music boxes where you would put in the big sheets and it has all the equipment in there to like play Brahms or something. Like this mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, I, I forget which one this one, but I know there was like a Brahms and a Mahler and all this stuff. And you, there's music boxes everywhere. The best part, though. I was so happy. We, got, we were there at the right time for the live show. Which is a show very much for children where a woman comes out dressed in a witch costume and it is a story. So she is in a witch costume and then on the wall behind her is projected some animation. And there is a cat who was really a, a person. So like a person who has been transformed into a cat and needed to play all the music boxes on stage to free him. And so she would like play the music boxes and they'd talk about the place and they would show pictures of where the music box is from. And then the cat would change into something else. And it was very silly and fun. And because it was aimed directly at children, I my Japanese is good enough that I understood most of it. And I felt very proud of that. But it was lots of goofy fun. Yeah, I, this sign is great. It's like
1: Hell and the magic music box space is the title of this yeah. weird performance. It seems to be
0: some sort of revival performance yes. that they're doing. Uh, origel is what they call music boxes in Japan um, from a German word. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's something I learned there because they were obsessed with music boxes. I bought myself a little music box that played the Totoro theme song. Um, they had lots of them. Oh, here's I found a, a... We might need a racist check on this one, Sean. Mm-hmm. They had music boxes for different genres. This one is gospel music. Oh. And, mm. and for gospel music they have, they have these different clay figures. And for this one it is a Woman in kind of like a nun or maid outfit. But it is a black woman. I mean who, that's a maid outfit. Yeah. yeah. Maid outfit. Uh, who has the, you know, conspicuously large lips that Japan has not fully gotten the memo or maybe uh, off limits.
1: Yeah, I th- I think this is probably a like cultural insensitivity thing. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe racist yeah, is the like word, I, I think like there are times where it feels like it goes over the, the edge to, to fall on racism. I feel like this isn't quite to that level.
0: It seems... It plays Amazing Grace when you wind it up. Mm. Um, it felt like a very loving tribute. It's just that kind of thing where I think Japan—you actually see this in manga all the time. Japan has incorporated a lot of like blackface stereotypes, yeah. And I think not like genuinely not knowing like where it all fully comes yeah, from. Yeah, because this is like some Gone with the Wind shit. Yeah, um, with this gospel thing. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, there you go. Lots of stuff about music boxes. Uh, Mr. Donut. I'll talk about that in a minute. Mr. Donut is a donut place. All right.
1: I I figured that part out.
0: Yeah. Let's see. While we were in Suwa, we also had a couple of different local snacks. We had this, like, freshly made rice cracker snack. That was really good. Um, They also, at the temple, were making crepes. Now, crepes in Japan are a dessert item where they, like, make the crepe and they, they... they roll it up and fill it with stuff. Mm-hmm. And the crepe place at the temple had like... I'm, I'm not kidding. Like 50 different options for fillings. And I got what Yui Sensei recommended. Which was the double chocolate crepe. Mm. Best dessert I've ever had. It was Yeah, those seem good. so good. they um, so good. Yeah, they're very
1: common in anime to see. In the same way of like uh, takoyaki is just like this is perfect cartoon food yes. like this just looks like perfect food descended from the heavens uh-huh. that just doesn't exist
0: over here like the dessert crepe thing is something I've never really encountered it is there are a couple of food items I have had in my life that were in places where I will not like maybe I'll go back to one day but obviously it's not a place I go every day that just haunt me because they were so good and I do not have everyday access to them this is one of those at a sandwich in San Francisco once that had bacon and figs this is like in that list of me, for me, of like, this is food I, I might not ever have again, but good God, it will, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. One of the most fun things we did is, uh, so like I, so I said, the, the, the temple we were at, the Taisha Akimiya Temple, while we were there, we saw there was this giant log it was stood up and had a big sign on it. Signs in Japanese. Thomas and I, especially at temples where they're writing like ancient Japanese. Yeah. I'm definitely not reading that. So we asked um, Yui Sensei and she says, oh right, that's, that's the log for the big Onabashira festival. And we're like, Onabashira festival? And she's like, yeah. We, um, we dragged that log all the way through town and then bring it back. And we're like, oh. And we didn't fully get it. Uh-huh. But later, she and her mom took us to the Onabashira Museum. And the Onabashira... Is this Sua tradition where they take, again, this giant log through the town once every seven years. It is this massive festival and holiday. Everybody there, like, gets the day off work but are, like, required to go to the festival, uh-huh. basically. Um, and the museum was having kind of a quiet day. So we basically got a private tour with the people there. The, the, there was a woman and a man and the man in particular was the most enthusiastic, like, tour guide. Um, like, he spoke only Japanese, but I got some of it, and then Yui-sensei translated some of it. And, like, any question, he was just super happy to ask answer. I met a couple of people in Japan like this who, like... Because um, some Japanese people are a little standoffish around tourists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and some are like, this is so cool you came to our country, let me tell you everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love, I love that. Um, and he was definitely like that. And it's a fascinating tradition, this... And they had all these pictures. They had some of the old logs there. It is this huge thing that is like I have not heard of anywhere else because apparently it is like it's a suwa thing. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Because from my understanding is most Japanese villages have those sorts of like yeah. specific festivals or traditions. Yeah. Um, that are unique to that that location. And
0: the best fucking part is there was a log simulation ride. <laughs> <laughs> Where what they had is they had a big, like, plastic version of the log. You and, like, up to four people could sit on the log. And it would, like, mechan- mechanically, like... Because they don't just drag the log through town. Once they, like, chop it down, they ride it down the mountain. Rad. And, That's and so fucking sick. It's so sick. And there was a lot of videos of this too, Sean. And, like, the whole thing is, like, four people get on the log. And then, like, hundreds of other, like, men are around them. They push the log down the hill. And then the four guys on it have to like hold on as long as they can but of course you're riding a log no one makes it fully to the bottom (laughs) and so they all like fall off and roll off um so the ride is it starts with the log like like it goes up and then it goes like down like it's almost like a mechanical bull or something you know and like and then there's a big video to like show you what you're doing fucking rad that was so great
1: that's very fucking cool
0: Absolutely. Um, That's just like
1: like 300 years ago or something, however long that tradition is. There was just one super fucking cool dude in that town that had a great idea and managed to convince everybody that it would be so fucking cool to ride this goddamn log down the mountain.
0: Yep. I don't know why I'm remembering this, but on our walk to the museum, we went, because this is you know, very residential area, we walked by someone was having a little like, I guess what you would call a garage sale. Mm-hmm but they just had set up outside their house a table with a bunch of stuff and then they had all the things were like labeled with how much money they wanted for it and then they just had a box that said please leave money here so it was like a completely unmanned garage sale uh-huh. and i i didn't buy it because i i was i was with like thomas's friends and i thought this would be too nerdy but they had a laser disc of space battleship yamato fuck how did you not buy that i i feel really bad that i didn't it was 500 yen it would have been nothing I yeah have... that's
1: so cheap that's you fucking, you fucking eat, like, the social, like, outcast that yes. get from that. You know, that's a, that's a like, I'm sorry, guys. This is, I have to drop the facade for a little bit. I've pretend to be a normal human being for a while, but I'm really just about to buy this fucking Legendasica Space Battleship Yamada, please.
0: Yes. All right. Um, and then we got to stop at Yui Sensei's family's house for, for a little bit of tea before our train ride back to Nagano, and her mom... Super fucking nice lady. Uh, again, spoke only Japanese, but we were able to, you know, communicate all the niceties at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave us a little gift she had from the last Onabashira Festival, some um, basically like, like, big like cloth napkins or like placemats or whatever you would call it. I'm not exactly sure what the equivalent would be in America, like depicting like art of again, people like riding down the mountain. And I'm so happy to have those. That was so nice of her. So that was really cool. Thank you, Yui Sensei's mother. Um back in Nagano we met up with some of Thomas's friends including uh Maymay her name's just May but they call her Maymay um uh Yui's husband his friend Show we all had some drinks and food at a um at a restaurant called Ya and oh my god my little brother can drink now <laughs> uh I should just say I don't drink yeah me neither um and I don't know about you Sean people get super fucking weird about that you no. Know, yes, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Like, if you if you are just a full-on fucking alcoholic, I feel like no one fucking reacts. But if you are just like, no, I don't drink, people are all... Like, I've had multiple conversations with people who are like, did something ha- like, yeah. Like, did your dad or your mom... Like, no, I just don't drink. It's, like, it's not yeah. a thing. It's not like a moral stance. I don't care. I just don't, really. Um, and so I wasn't drinking that night. Um, but basically how it works at a lot of these izakayas in Japan is you come with a bunch of friends and if you have a group, they'll say per person, pay us like a thousand yen or, or up to two thousand, whatever it is, not a lot of money. Yeah. And for two hours, have as many drinks as you want, which is quite a deal.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: even if like me, I was not drinking alcohol, I had a ton of orange juice and Calpis and I had, Calpis is this really cool like milky drink. I don't even know how to, there's nothing like it in America. It's delicious. I had melons. I had everything, you know, all mm-hmm. the non-alcohol stuff. Thomas had, I lost count at seven drinks but I think I lost count when he had his fourth in a row Coke and Highball, which is, Highball is a type of whiskey. Yeah, And, um, yeah, that motherfucker knocked back a lot. And it, it was actually cheaper. I wrote it down here. It was all you could drink for 980 yen a person. <laughs> how do they, they make money? Volume, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I mean, this is the thing. Like, Japan has a drinking culture, as you probably know if you know anything about Japan, that is very intense. Like, I I said the thing earlier about I don't drink and people thought that was weird. People really thought that was weird in in Japan. Like, Mm -hmm. they, like, just did not understand it. And um, I really didn't have anything alcoholic to drink that night. I did get some alcoholic drinks a few nights later. Um, In fact... I had more alcohol than I've ever had in my life. I don't think I got to a point where I would call myself drunk, mm-hmm. although I've never experienced it, so I don't know what that's like, really. <laughs> um, but I definitely Maybe have Thomas has some videos or something that contradict that. Oh, well, no. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a little bit. I do have, well, we'll get to it. I'm going to promise this for later in the show. I have video of me singing Stand Up to the Victory at karaoke. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. All right. We did, because that was the second night of karaoke. We had our first night of karaoke this night. Uh, we went to Joy Sound. Japanese karaoke is very fun. You rent a big room. You go in the big room. They have all you can drink non-alcoholic drinks, and you can buy alcoholic drinks, which they did. Thomas had at least two more alcoholic drinks when we were doing karaoke. His friends had more. It was a lot. Um, I sang a couple there. Uh, I sang Chala, Hedchala. I there just knew know. that had to be my yeah. first karaoke song in Japan. You got it. Yeah. yeah. It's a classic. It's and it's the Japanese song I know most by heart. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can actually do all of Henshalah until you get to like the verse that's not in the show. Yes. And then yeah, it's you, you
1: can do the first ninety seconds really well, and yes. then after that it gets a little fuzzy.
0: I found that with like a lot of Japanese songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did that. I did. Uh, they also had Dan Dan, the theme from Dragon Ball GT. Uh, oh yes, yeah. I did. Uh, Uh, I did the Gundam theme song, yeah. Tobey Gundam. I did that. I did (laughs) Prince Ali from Aladdin. That's a very fun karaoke song. Was it,
1: was it just, like, the English lyrics, or did they have, like... A, was it a Japanese version? No, it was the English lyrics. Okay. Like,
0: like English songs are actually the most popular in, at Japanese karaoke. Like, Japanese people like to sing English music, as is, mm-hmm. is Thomas told me. Um, but... And, and actually, if you look at, you know, on the karaoke machines, it shows you, like, the most popular songs, and it's mostly American songs. Interesting. Um, but, yeah. Uh, because I sang what was still in the year 2019... Well, now 2020... Like the 10th most popular song At Japanese karaoke I finished the night with We are never getting back together By Taylor Swift <laughs> Still a very popular song there Fun karaoke song Goes well And everybody knew it You know uh, Let it go is very popular Yeah Yui- I was about
1: to say That's what I would I would pull that one out That's a good that's a good song to song. Well
0: Yui Sensei did let it go And then later in the night She did Whatever the song from Frozen 2 Is called Into the Unknown Yes Yes So that was fun Anyway um, Sean I wanted to show you here Here's our ticket From the Onabashiro Museum You can see people Playing with the log here. So they're very proud of it. And they should be. It's a yeah, fucking, it's rad, a fucking rad like yeah. It's a fucking village of badasses. Like, yep. seriously. All right. Day 10, January 6th. My mom's birthday, but she wasn't in Japan, so it wasn't her birthday there. And it was. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I'm saying that because uh, I wished her a happy birthday when I woke up that morning. She's like, it's not my birthday. And I'm like, well, here it is, mom. Yeah. So. Take it or leave it. No, I just. You're not getting it tomorrow. Yeah. No, uh, I did text her that night when it was technically her birthday, but of course it was three a.m. and she was asleep, so whatever. Anyway, uh, this was the day we went to the Ghibli Museum. I'll tell you about that in a second. We started the day at. You saw this picture a little bit earlier, Sean, yeah. on my iPad at Mister Donut. I have been waiting with bated breath to find out more about Mister Donut. Mister Donut is just a popular Japanese donut shop. But they were having, because the new Pokemon game just came out, a special uh, Pokemon promotion. So they had Pokeball and Pikachu donuts. So yeah. you can see that here. Uh, the yeah. Pokeball donut was quite good. It was like a chocolate donut. Um, like with little rings around it and then the Pikachu donut was like a white like a kind of vanilla donut and it had yellow cream in it like lemon cream both pretty good we also had special drinks they had I got a score bunny who score bunny in Japan is called a he bunny that's an easy one to remember yes fire bunny just fire bunny yes um and and I had a sort of cherry uh soda sort of thing that had tapioca balls it's kind of like um boba tea Okay, kind yeah. of like oh. that yeah um so that was good very expensive breakfast because this was all overpriced pokemon stuff but it was still fun and i have sean taped in my journal here all of the things they gave us for the i love they call it misto pokemon yes because it's mr donut pokemon uh thing i actually kind of like that i saved these because the art for the different pokemon at the mr donut place looks really cool yeah
1: i like that chubby pikachu
0: yeah chubby, chubby pikachu always the best pikachu yeah. I will stand chubby Pikachu every day. It's appropriate also for the donut shop to have the,
1: the chubby Pikachu. Exactly, because you can't eat too many donuts before it starts getting to you.
0: All right, so uh, we then made the long journey back to Tokyo for the Ghibli Museum because the way it all shook out, the Ghibli Museum was not open until it was it was closed over Christmas and New Year's. The way the Ghibli Museum works, if you don't know is you have to buy a ticket to get in. You have to buy... So tickets for the next month go on sale the month in advance. So we were going in January. So Thomas had to buy tickets in December. So he was on the ball. You have to go to Lawson is where they sell the tickets. And he went to Lawson on December 1st in the morning to buy tickets. And there was only one day in time left, which was January 6th. Mm -hmm. So it was not while we were in Tokyo, which meant we did spend quite a bit of money getting to the Ghibli Museum. Mm -hmm. But, you know... It's kind of like our mecca. We kind of had to do it. Yeah. It was worth it. The Ghibli Museum is so fucking rad. First, just like the process of getting there. It's in a city called Mitaka. And Mitaka just... Like, it kind of looks like a Studio Ghibli place. (laughs) Like, it's got these very kind of western streets with lots of trees. Those... I... I swear to God, Hayao Miyazaki put these there. Look at those like yeah. lampshades. Like, they're out of a Ghibli movie. Uh-huh. Like, that's just so Ghibli. Um, there are signs everywhere for the Ghibli Museum because everyone wants you to go there. Um, it's the uh, Mitaka no Mori Ghibli Museum, which yeah. I think is called. Cool. It's the, it's the uh, Mitaka Forest Ghibli Museum is what they technically call it. It is this big building that was designed by Hayao Miyazaki himself. It opened in 2002. Um, Miyazaki did the architecture for it. It is, And when you go through it, like you go in, it says in the program, you know, explore at your own leisure. There's no particular order. Just discover things. And it really is supposed to be just a place of kind of fun discovery and invention. And I, I think... You cannot have a full accounting of Hayao Miyazaki's like artwork without going to this museum because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like I would say in a weird way like as a work of art it's kind of comparable to one of his movies. It just happens to be a building filled with stuff. Right. It's really fucking cool. Um and so the first thing we did when we got inside is they have their Saturn Theater which is a little screening room. And one of the special things about the Ghibli Museum is every so often they create a short film and those short films that Ghibli creates, most of those short films have been made by Miyazaki himself, um, a couple others by other Ghibli directors. Um, although I think almost everyone Miyazaki at the very least like wrote the script for or did storyboards or something. Um, I think there's seven or eight shorts now, and there's one short per day, and it's a random one every day. Mm-hmm. So every day you go, you would theoretically get a new short or a different short, and those shorts do not screen outside the walls of that building. They're not on DVD. They're not on Blu-ray. They're not online. You cannot take any video inside there. You cannot take any pictures at all inside the Ghibli Museum. So I do not have a lot of pictures from in there. I have pictures from the outside of the building and the roof where you're allowed to take pictures. Um, but that's really special. It means there's, there's Ghibli movies that are only in one building. And that's crazy. Yeah. And part of me, the academic in me really wants them to make a DVD of all of these because that has to be the most significant body of short animated film work since like Looney Tunes stopped. I mean, yeah. good God, it's, it's amazing and I feel like I want to be able to like catalog and write about these but I also think like they're, they're like Studio Ghibli's like commitment to that of like we're going to put all this time and money into making these shorts and just keep them in one building that is the most Hayao Miyazaki thing Hayao Miyazaki has ever fucking done.
1: yeah. I think, like, the time will come for those shorts to be available in other means, but for now, they should do their weird thing with them.
0: Yeah. I will imagine, like, not to be morbid, I think that will be after Miyazaki passes away. Yeah. I cannot imagine they will do anything with them while he is alive, but still very cool that they do it that way. When we were there, we got to see uh, a short called Chuzumo, which is about sumo wrestling mice, and it is so. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And there are these, these, there's this farming couple, rural like farming community. There's this farming couple who one night the husband sees the mice outside having this big sumo wrestling contest. And there are all these little gray mice, and there are a couple of really big white mice. And all the big white mice keep winning the sumo wrestling matches. And so the farmer husband decides he wants to help the little gray mice. So he and his wife make all this like delicious home cooking. It's that kind of, it's like, and it's in a very Ghibli fashion It is fetishistic in how much that food like, Looks like food you want to eat mm-hmm. You know, um, It's like that And they get the Grey Mice to come in And the Grey Mice, the, the wrestlers Eat all the food and get nice and fat So they can be sumo wrestlers And then go back and there's a big sumo match And one thing I have to stress About these shorts, I assume it's true of all of them The animation is 100% On par with what you would get In a Ghibli movie So, like, the number of, like, frames of animation on the sumo wrestling moves with the mice, it, like, boggles the mind how detailed and, like, physical the animation... It's amazing animation. It's very cute. They they don't subtitle the movies or anything, but this one had a little bit of dialogue, but... A, it was the kind of thing you could probably understand with a little bit of Japanese, and B, you didn't need any understanding to, like, get the short. And I imagine that's true of most of their shorts, is that mm-hmm. they're probably mostly nonverbal. Because um, they're very much aimed at, like, kids and families. Like, one of the shorts is a Totoro sequel with, it's called May and the Cat Bus. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I know, gross. you're not a Cat that Bus cat, person. Yeah. But, anyway, mm-hmm. really... Is the Cat c- Bus there? Do you mm-hmm. just step inside this
1: gross fucking... Fleshy, just i 'll tell you about it in ugh. a moment
0: sean i 'll tell, well, tell you well i 'll tell about it now. okay, so movie really cool, recommend it beautiful screening room too just so because the screening room you go in there and it 's these red velvet like benches, the ceiling and walls are painted with what i assume that 's Miyazaki himself doing the art. Um, it's just beautiful artwork. The projection booth is like this big, like sculpted thing that looks like it's out of a Ghibli movie, and you can just watch them working at the projector. My um, from the book I bought later, I learned it was a 35 millimeter projector until 2016 when it just became untenable to keep doing 35 there. Mm-hmm. So it's digital now. So there's kind of less of a purpose to have the projector on display. But in the kind of room adjacent, they do have the old 35 projector still there to look at. So. Cool thank you Miyazaki for keeping it alive as long as you possibly could yeah um 2016 that's admirable to uh-huh. keep it that long um but anyway but yes Sean there is upstairs the Neko bus room where it is for kids I was I watched the kids play with it I did not like bust in <laughs> that's like big yeah this big fucking gaijin just like yeah. getting on the bus it was, was so, it was so cute bus. though. It's like a life size cat bus, and on top of the cat bus were all the little dust bunnies from the movie. Okay, yeah. And the kid, there was these two kids up there who just were taking the dust bunnies and all, throwing them all over. And like in about thirty seconds, the dust bunnies went from the top and like nicely arranged on the cat bus to just all over the room. And it was very funny. And I imagine Miyazaki would have like if he saw that would be in the back room like nodding like. This is what, yes, this is yes. good, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: This, this is what the youth of Japan must do.
0: Yes, I don't know if he would have laughed because I don't know if uh, he's that kind of person, Some, <laughs> especially he. at this age, <laughs> but um, I think he would have felt like that's what the room is for.
1: So do you think that the cat bus had the texture of a cat bus? It was furry. Is it, I mean, it's not the fur. The fur is fine. <laughs> I would, I'm fine with it being furry. It's the flesh underneath. It's like the thin, fucking membranous flesh that must be like warm... You know, like a solid 90 plus degrees Fahrenheit. And it's just like fle- like flexible. Like that's the part of it that feels utterly fucking disgusting
0: to me. I mean, you could milk the cat bus. That was the weirdest part. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. You, you couldn't milk the cat bus. No, all the right.
1: cat bus milks you. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Okay, moving on. On the first floor, one of the permanent exhibits that's there is called the Beginning of Movement. And it is this whole big exhibit room that's all about movement and like movies and motion pictures in different ways so they had all these sort of like picture box dioramas Um, there was one area where they had this big like cabinet that had images from all of Ghibli's movies and like little sliding doors to look at pictures but then also there were little doors that you could pull and you would look in and there's a little diorama of like all the animators at Ghibli like working hard at their desks. And then the funniest part was you did the one next to it and it was them. But they were all pigs like out of Porco Rosso. And Miyazaki had was like a pig with a cigar. <laughs> it's great um so you saw that uh there were there was a lot of film projection stuff going on including there's this one wall where they have a 35 millimeter projection just constantly running looping uh, a couple of different original pieces of like 30 second animation with different characters from ghibli movies that almost looks like they're doing a screen test or something so Mm -hmm. you had yubaba you had the flame spirit from howl's moving castle um, there were all these big dioramas of different, some were Ghibli movies, a lot were the different Ghibli shorts, like molded, like dioramas that you could look at in three dimensions. The coolest thing in there was this uh, thing called the Totoro byon which was this moving strobe show where it was all these Totoro-like models like Totoro with his umbrella doing the jump up and down, Mei chasing one of the little Totoros around, Satsuke doing something with a tree, all this different stuff. And it would spin really fast and a strobe light would start and it would look like the models had come to life and were moving like stop motion claymation. And it's the same principle as 35 millimeter film projection, Mm -hmm. which is it's still images Moving In a circular form And you add a little strobe effect Because if you don't know The way film projection works Is in between every frame You have a black frame And that creates a strobe effect Which creates the illusion of movement And that was just That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen And because this big handmade thing So cool Um, There was another special exhibit room That had uh, called Where a film is born This is probably my favorite room In the whole building It was a big series of rooms actually The walls just covered head to toe in ghibli concept art like a lot of stuff i know from like the art books and like the story they had the storyboard pages um there were storyboards everywhere replicas of animator workstations so like like you know they would have you know books and pens and and drafting paper and stuff and it was like super like like It was supposed to feel very lived in So like there were also spaces Where there were just like Books on the floor Piled high And bookshelves overflowing With different books Um And not just like I don't mean like Ghibli books They weren't selling you It was like just books That like Miyazaki Probably has around Mm -hmm. Um you could at one point they had a hand cranked 35 millimeter projector where you could look in and it was a it was a scene from Spirited Away where Sen leads the no face out of the bathhouse and you could crank that and see it which was super cool. Um, such a beautiful immersive series of rooms. this I could have spent two hours in that room if they'd let me. Mm-hmm. Um, a trip to the Ghibli Museum the ticket gets you in there for two hours total so uh, I did not. I spent about yeah. t- maybe 20 minutes in here but it was amazing. They had a special exhibit room which was a retrospective Of past exhibits So it had a lot of Original concept art Um, They had uh, One of the coolest things Was they had an entire Wall of concept And draft art And all this stuff From the Isao Takahata show Heidi Girl of the Alps Yeah um, Which is one of his Most beloved creations In Japan It's never been Distributed in America Um, So cool to see Because it was like They had a big paper That was Miyazaki Because Miyazaki Worked on that show His like Hand drawn Background concept for Heidi girl at the opposite I'm like oh my god I'm in the room with this this is crazy mm-hmm. lots of stuff like that um, we went to the gift shop uh, the gift shop for Studio Ghibli is called the Mama Aito gift shop based on the guys in Porco Rosso yeah. so I fucking love the bag here and all the stuff I spent too much money at the gift shop I'm sure you did I spent over a hundred dollars um but you know that was that was the most i spent at any one place in japan Uh i felt like if i were going to do it this was the place to do it i got i don't even remember what all i got i got a couple of different books one thing that's not in the bag i have here is they had a giant book and by giant i mean like like 400 pages all about the museum itself and i think this edition was published in like 2017 so it's the most up-to-date and it's a history of every exhibit they've had a history of The creation of the museum it talks about all the films they show it talks it goes through every room it's an invaluable book it was three thousand yen but totally worth it to me but i got a bunch of other little knickknacks and stuff um got a couple of clear files got a they had different nausicaa model kits basically like gunpla kits for nausicaa stuff like bandai namco kits and i'm gonna i think i got one it's her on her cool like bird friend she goes around with yeah i'm gonna get to build that when i get back home i'm very excited Um, So anyway got lots of stuff At the uh, Mama Auto gift shop And the Trihawks reading room Is where they sell the books and I actually I would have bought more books but I didn't know the books were in a separate room so I spent too much at the gift shop then I saw the reading room and I, I was like I really only have money left for the catalog <laughs> I want more stuff but I'm just going to get the catalog because I don't think I can get that outside this building uh-huh. but like the storyboard books and stuff I can get outside this building uh, and we finished our day with ice cream at the Straw Hat Cafe that is not a one piece tie in although I feel like they might want to update the name someday yeah. the Straw Hat refers to the Straw Hat May wears in, spe- in um, My Neighbor Totoro yeah I just I think it's kind of funny straw hat in modern day anime has a very specific connotation yes so and I was wondering I'm like are they to like Does Miyazaki just like really like one piece <laughs> it's like hey Nami is always in a bikini he's really into no I don't know I'm kidding anyway but that was that was day 10 and that was the last day of Thomas's break for the holidays so from here on out he was working so I had the days to myself and then we would hang out at night um, So back in Nagano, and I did a bunch of different things on these days. One of my favorite things was I got to go to Book Off, which is um, a series of stores in Japan that sells used books, you know, every manga under the sun, used video games, used DVDs, um, all sorts of stuff. And I enjoyed going to Book Off because I like these kinds of stores anyway. I like them a lot when they're in Japan and have all the stuff I like. Uh Um, So Book Off is super cool. I got... Um, basically, I got at least like one Tonkobon from all of my favorite series just as like a souvenir because they also, for like certain sections, they were like 100 yen per book. Yeah. And Tonkobon are cheap to begin with. Like the most expensive ones, um, like a new volume of One Piece, which is slightly premium priced because it's One Piece, is 440 yen. They're usually 390 yen and then used, you can use, get them for like 100 yen. So I got a volume of Death Note. I got a volume of. I got, the, I got volume seven of Death Note, which is where L dies. Okay. I got two volumes of Yu-Gi-Oh!. I got the volume of Yu-Gi-Oh! where they play the uh basically Dungeons and Dragons with Bakura, which is the best volume of Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. But I also got the volume of yu gi and Kaiba's duel in Battle City, which is the best duel in the whole series. So I got those two. I got One Piece Volume One. Um I forget what others. I, I got Jocko the Galactic Patrolman in okay. Japanese. Yeah. Because that's that was great, because it's just a complete book. Um For Dragon Ball, I found they had several of the Dragon Ball Kanzenban books. The Kanzenban, if you don't know, is the, like, most premium release of Dragon Ball in Japan. Um, They collected it in, I think, 34 volumes down from the 42 of the Tonkoban. They're kind of slightly oversized. Like, they're halfway between the Tonkoban size and original jump size. And they're, they're, it's on basically art paper. It's super, super nice. It's got all the color pages. Um and i got four volumes of that i got the entire cell games and then i got the volume from like original dragon ball where goku flies through piccolo's stomach
1: okay yeah that's good one. because
0: that's a page just if you're going to have a page of dragon ball that's one of the best pages of dragon ball yeah definitely so yes i already have all of dragon ball in japanese i have the digest editions which is the jump sized ones they did a couple years ago but the kanzenban are super nice and i don't know maybe over time i'll pick away at it a little bit but Mm -hmm. those are really cool to have um Oh, I found a volume of Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. I wasn't going to get it, but they had one. I guess Volume 4, when it came out in Japan, came in a special set where it had an extra illustration book that is just big-sized illustrations of the artist who does Thunderbolt doing all the different Gundams. Because on the back of every volume of Thunderbolt are a couple of those illustrations, and the way that artist draws the different mechas, he's so good at it. I just had to have that little illustration book, so I like paid 300 yen just to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see, I got a volume of Dragon Ball SD, which is the weird Dragon Ball spinoff that is in ooh what is it in? It's in Psycho Jump. Um, It's no one really likes it, but it exists. I'm like I should just just have it to look at. I got volume one. And then they also had a curio I have never seen, but I've always wanted to from Dragon Ball, which is the Dragon Ball anime comics. Have you heard of these, Sean? No. Yeah, the dress. It. Okay, so they, they, they've they done this for all of Dragon Ball Z. They're actually currently publishing them for GT because GT never got this. But what it is is while the anime was airing, they would take animation cells or like frame enlargements and redo the manga with... Art from the anime so it's like what I, I got volume one of the Cell Saga so it's the part where uh, Trunks comes back from the future and kills Metal Frieza, Frieza? Yeah. yeah and so it's in manga form but it's all stuff from the anime I should have brought this to show you but it's, it's, uh, it's all cells from the anime with speech bubbles in of what they say in the, in the manga and so it is... I've heard the the, the guys at the Zenshu Dragon Ball website call it the redundantly redundant version because it is manga to anime, anime back to manga. It is the stupidest thing, but I had yeah. to own at least one volume. The funniest thing is... It doesn't even look that great like the... I can't imagine it would. Because fr- that's not how
1: those images are meant to be consumed. No. Like, that's, it has to be objectively
0: significantly worse than just having the fucking manga. It is. But I had to get at least one because it's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's... I had no idea that that existed. That's... yeah i got a couple of game boy games okay, because yeah. i got pokemon yellow in japanese i really wanted to find a pokemon game in japanese because i could probably read most of that if i wanted to yes it's for and, children and
1: then you'd be very annoyed at having to relearn every single pokemon, pokemon name. name i know it's like it's the thing that prevents me from ever getting into anything full japanese pokemon because like yes fuck man i can't relearn all this shit it's too ingrained <laughs> in my mind i can't think of charizard as it's like lizard or some yeah. shit
0: Especially because Charizard's Japanese name sounds like he should be a Digimon. Yes. Because it's Lizardmon. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I got that. I found Dragon, the Dragon Quest 1 and 2 Game Boy Color cart. Nice. Um, and I found some random Yu-Gi-Oh! game that was never released in America. So I'm like, oh. And it was 100 yen. So I'm like, fuck it yeah get it so anyway i had fun at book off i went i'm I'm combining all my different trips to book off in Uh in that uh i also got a couple of one piece dvds that they had like in their bargain bin section because like it's the like original one piece volumes like from the beginning of the anime and they all come with and they, they these were in the bargain bin but they had all the original inserts they each came with a poster and a page of stickers and i'm like i probably won't watch the dvd of this but that's a cool little and the dvd covers are all like wanted posters So I'm like, these will be cool to like kind of put up. Um, But yeah, One Piece on DVD in Japan is a fucking nightmare. Because Sean, they are still doing, and they have done for 20 years, four episode volumes. So One Piece, and I don't know, 900 divided by four is somewhere in the realm of the 300s. Can you imagine? And when they're new, they each cost like 50 bucks.
1: What the fuck? I'm gonna go on to Amazon, Japanese Amazon, yeah. real quick, okay? Well, yeah. you're saying this because I just have to look at some of this. They
0: have done box sets. The box sets have like 20 episodes a piece, but they have kept it going because one piece is is a Japanese show that actually, even though it airs just year year week to week, year to year, yeah. they do it never stop airing. It never stops airing. They do split it into seasons. So what it is like, Sean, is like they have season one pieces one through 30. Then they have season two, pieces one through 30, and they go on and now they're on like season 20, piece eight, is what I saw as the most recent one. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yep. So anyway.
1: Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yep.
1: Jesus Christ. Anyway.
0: So that day, uh, I also, I went to lunch at KFC, because KFC is is a big thing in Japan. Yeah. Um. And I'll put up the picture of the Colonel Sanders statue here because it's funny. Uh, I had a chicken sandwich. It was fine. It was nothing special. I also had melon soda. I still like melon soda. Um, I visited the Again Mall. It's a mall that says on the outside, Again, in English letters with a big exclamation point, um, where they have a big anime shop called Animate. And I kind of looked around there. They also had a cool used DVD manga store called Lash In Bang. I don't know what that means, um, but yes uh i found some books i was looking for one piece has one of the most special things about one piece is what ichiro oda does with the covers where he has these ongoing (laughs) cover series Mm -hmm. where like it's a story where there'll be one panel on every cover and it'll be like for 30 weeks some story he does with like a villain who is like becoming reformed or something they're very entertaining and i i was reading the manga on my ipad and i went these would be really cool to have collected in a book this is Japan. They've probably made the, that book. They have. It's called One Piece Doors. There are three volumes now. And they had them in Animate. So I was able to get those. Um, let's see. I had lunch with Thomas. Second lunch. He doesn't have a lunch break until four. So that's what I mean. Uh I had second lunch with Thomas at an udon shop near his work. Really cool. This little udon shop. Super cheap. The basic. You just like get a bowl of udon for like 390 yen. And then you could add different tempuras and meats and stuff. Really, really fucking tasty. Um... Later on, I went to... I kind of had time to kill, so I went to a Japanese Starbucks where they have much better drinks than American Starbucks. They had a mango passion fruit smoothie. Mm-hmm. it was fucking great. And I just sat there and read like 20 chapters of One Piece. It was good. I found some Dragon Ball wafer snacks. I have those here kind of like the gundam ones they also had stickers i did not obsessively collect a bunch of stickers because these were the last two at the store and i did not find them anywhere else but i like the illustrations on these it's the movie 13 poster and the dragon ball volume one poster Mm -hmm. um, but newly chibi-fied yeah so anyway and then we dinner this night was great we went to this hawaiian diner in Nagano called Mountain Q which is all American themed and by all American themed I really have to show you this so you believe it Sean because some of what they had was fucking crazy here so, so as you can see here Sean uh-huh. they've got this all this American ephemera on the walls uh they were playing on the wall some surfer movie starring Gerard Butler I do not know what this movie is. All I know is they left the DVD menu up for about 20 minutes and then they played the actual movie. You can see they've got like a Budweiser and Blue Moon sign on the wall. They've got all these American license plates just hanging there. Uh-huh. Um, they served, so the ketchup and mustard was in these little spam jars.
1: What? Why
0: would they, did someone just give
1: them their fucking trash and they're like, we could make something out of this. this is American Actually, trash.
0: spam must be popular in Japan because it's sold at Don Quixote. Interesting Yeah I had a dish Called a teriyaki Rokomoko Which is Very Jap- American Yes very American Apparently it is a Hawaiian dish But it's been very clearly Japanese-ified But it's served in this big Wooden bowl That looks like a fish And it was Japanese meatloaf Covered in I think mayonnaise probably Because they really like Mayonnaise in Japan A fried egg With a soft yolk And rice Actually very good um, And then like Four pieces of pasta On the side I don't know why The pasta was there It, it almost felt like It was a mistake But it was fine <laughs> It fell off Of someone else's plate Yes uh we like, I, yeah, we'll just leave it. And I had a Coke float, a Coke ice cream float. That was good. Matt, that is American. Yes. Uh, Thomas had a teriyaki burger. You can see there. Um, good stuff. All right. So that was my first day in Nagano. Uh, my next day in Nagano, I went to Poshino for breakfast, which is a restaurant that served a bunch of different rice omelets. That's like a popular thing in Japan is omelets filled with rice, which we should do in America. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an omelet with vinegar and tartar sauce and fried chicken quite delicious um that day i planned to go to zenkoji temple which is um the most famous spot in nagano um but you know, like i had to figure out the train on my own and kind of a new area and and nagano's train system is a little different than other parts of japan because it's a little more rural um and by the time when i left nagano or the nagano station It was sunny outside, and when I got to Zenkoji Station, it was very rainy, so I decided not to go to Zenkoji because it's a bit of a walk. It's like a kilometer from the station. But while I was there, I visited a store called Hypermedia Shop, which was basically just a big DVD rental store, which DVD rental stores are still really big in Japan for whatever Hmm. reason. Um, And and it was kind of cool just to look through some of what they had. But they also had lots of used games, movies, CDs, and stuff. And I have to talk about something Hmm. I found there, Sean. Okay. Because at least one thing I found there... Is going to be the topic of a future episode. Okay, all right. But let's start small. Here's my Indiana Jones Blu-ray. I already talked about that. Uh, I found Gundam Muso One for PS3 for 100 yen. Sure, yeah. So that's I thought, Gundam Dynasty Warriors for the Uninitiated. Yes. So, and I have never played these. And I was, and I, I wanted to buy. They actually, there were some PS2 games I wanted, and I was going to buy them until I thought, wait. And I checked. And I'm like, right, PS2 is region locked. Yeah. So, so I, so I did not get those. It. But anyway, um, PS3 is region free. But most importantly, Sean, I found the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy in Japanese. Yeah, okay. And the Lord, Th- and it was a couple of things. One, this is like the nicest packaging for like normal DVDs I've ever fucking seen. It's got the theatrical posters for movie one and two, but then for movie three, it's a poster I've never seen. Yeah. But that is a great fucking poster. It's got Sam just full on bawling on the side, which is great. And like when I say this is super nice, like you open this up. It's got more, like, theatrical poster images. Then you've got your DVDs. And then the booklets for each of them are, like, way better than the American booklets. They've got full bios for the entire cast and all the crew. It's, like, very obsessive. It's it's very cool. Um, so I was like, okay. I, these were, like, 400 yen a piece. I Lord of the Rings is my thing. I have to own these, right? Um, the Two Towers... This must have been like a pack-in at like a different shop back in the day because it came with the Middle-earth passport, <laughs> which is a little thing that you open it up and it's got like the passport language. Look like this. Read, Sean, what it says under the words The Lord of the Rings.
1: Lord of the Rings. His Telcantar Majesty's secretary requests and requires in the name of the King Alisar all those whom it may concern to allow the bearer as a people of the middle earth to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. Insofar as the bearer should venture upon the journey in the middle earth in company with the fellowship of the Ring. And I should note th- their usage of spaces between words is maybe somewhat negligent. Um,
0: this is a Japanese yeah. item
1: obviously Yes Yes
0: But It's so cool Yeah and I cool. also
1: like Because they have Like the Japanese Or text basically Of that above it And it is not There's nothing about Telkintar <laughs> And fucking Majesty Like the King al None of that shit's mentioned It's That's just funny. more like Hey people can go Fucking adventuring man
0: and then that passport, if you flip through it, has, like, maps of Middle Earth and, like, the Fellowship's journey through the first movie yeah. and all this stuff. It's so cool. Sean, why is Japanese Japan so much better at everything than us?
1: Yeah, particularly, like, this physical media stuff. Oh, it's um, so cool.
0: Yeah. So these are the theatrical cut DVDs. But as cool as the packaging is, the main thing, Sean, is... That Japanese dub? That Japanese dub. Mm-hmm. I I did, when we got home to Thomas's apartment, I popped in movie one, Fellowship of the Ring... We watched some of it. It is the most anime as fuck dub for Lord of the Rings as you could possibly get. Imagine, like, if they made a Lord of the Rings anime, picture in your mind the voice of Gandalf, like, super old grizzled Japanese dude who, like, plays a wizard. That's who they got. (laughs) Golam?
2: 3km前から後をつけとる.
0: It's amazing Gandalf's every fucking utterance in the Japanese dub Is amazing Gimli might be even better The guy who plays Gimli just full on ad-libs extra stuff Like, you know at the end when uh, Aragorn says, you know, we will not leave Merry and Pippin to torture and ruin. Yeah. And he says, you know, come, you know, my friends, let's hunt some orc. And Gimli goes, yeah! The Japanese guy does that, and then while he's running off with Aragorn, goes, (laughs) ha (laughs) ha 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 ha! And it's so good! And Sean... We will 100% be watching these and doing oh, a podcast yeah, on
2: them. I have to watch these. It's amazing. It's just like like Frodo is 100% an anime boy.
0: <laughs> he is your typical show. He sounds like he could be a Gundam protagonist. he says that when he when they set out from (laughs) yes but it is so good i if i had like had more money saved at this point on the trip sean i probably would have bought quite a few more american movies on dvd um because it's just it's amazing but i figured i probably can find them through other means but for lord of the rings at least like i think if i could pick one movie series to get with the japanese dub this was probably the right one right sean oh yeah the, the only thing that was in contention... I wound up not buying it... For space reasons as well... Was I kind of wanted to get a DVD of Spider-Man 1... Because I want to hear Green Goblin in Japanese... Nimue... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah...
1: Uh, that, that would also be a very good one to get... Yes... But these I just are... said John, stage... I'm flipping through this passport... So at the end of the passport... It has a calendar... Um, from the year... From 2000, uh, September 2002... To December 2004... And then along the borders, it has dates of, like, significant, like, here's the special edition DVD release um, of this one and this one and that thing. And then the last one they have, they have a lot of spaces for you to put other important Lord of the Rings associated dates in. This weird border on the thing. And the last one is talking about um, Electronic Arts, PS2, and GBA games and, like, the release date. But I think it's from... I don't think the games were out when they had done this because the it's only the year 2003 and they don't tell you yeah. the date of release. That's,
0: <laughs> That's funny. fucking
1: weird thing. Isn't it the awesome? passport
0: thing is sh- very strange. But man, I'm so happy I found it. Yeah. And these DVDs, I will have to like I will rip these when I get home and and send you the files because oh my god. Holy shit. Yeah. And the dubs just mwah. I cannot wait to hear some more of these characters in that thing. Okay. Anyway, um Let's see. I spent more of the day just kind of palling around. I went to book off again. Um, I Then this was the day I decided I was going to go see a movie in Japan. Because I really wanted to see a movie in Japan. Yeah. I uh, So I went to lunch with Thomas. We had some miso ramen at this place he really likes. Delicious ramen. It was great. And then my plan was to grab the subway, get to Gondo Station by 4.50. Because that's when they were going to be showing... Uh, The the movie I wanted to go see was the new Loop in the Third movie Oh yeah, yeah, like the CG one Yeah, CG, but it's like beautiful CG It's like very anime CG Um, Not like that bad looking Dragon Quest movie that came out last (laughs) year It looks really good and I I like Loop in the Third So I thought that would be fun I got there, there was kind of a little bit of a This was the the subway in Nagano And that is the one train that I have found or Thomas knows of That is sometimes just kind of goes at its own time Mm -hmm. Um, So I got there a little late And then I got a little turned around because I was—I had so I had no cell service in Japan, obviously. So I was at the whims of public Wi-Fi, which is not as good in Japan as I have been led to believe. Mm. It's just a little hard to find, Um, and and you, you know, navigating around, I would have to like look up maps while I was near Wi-Fi, and then like go off memory from there, and I just like went the wrong way. But I finally got to the theater. It, had, it was about 10 minutes past the posted show time. And in America, that would normally be fine. Um, because yeah, if
1: in America, that would mean you have 10 more minutes of trailers. I know. It. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but they had stopped selling tickets. They just wouldn't sell you tickets. So I'm like, oh, that's fine. Um, because my other option, my like, backup was I had not seen Frozen 2 yet. And I thought it would be really funny if I went to see Frozen 2 cold. Because I also knew nothing about Frozen 2. And I was just like, what if I just went and saw it dubbed in Japanese and that was the one time I saw Frozen 2? I mean, I can tell you that Let It Go in Japanese is very good. So. Very
1: good.
2: Yeah.
0: And all the songs of Frozen 2, very good in Japanese. So that's what I did. First, I just hung out at the arcade. There's an arcade by Gondo Station. Um, and I hung out there for a while really good arcade uh, and they had a Dragon Ball Heroes machine and I'll talk about that later because I realized oh I don't have any cards for this yet book off sells cards I'll go to book off tomorrow and get build myself a deck and then I'll play some Dragon Ball Heroes but I couldn't do that that day I didn't have any cards Um, so I hung out at the arcade for a while then I went to see Frozen 2 or as they call it in Japan Ana to Yuki no Ojo so Anna and the Snow Queen yeah. uh, Or in this case Anna to Yuki no 2 uh, Which I think is great Because yeah. that's a really long title To do a 2 at the end yes. But it's great So this was the Nagano Grand Cinema And I can talk about the movie But first off Japanese theaters are just nicer Than American theaters um maybe this theater is not indicative of all japanese theaters Mm -hmm. but it was the only major theater in the area so i have to imagine it's somewhat indicative huge theater like 18 screens it was like to get to the auditorium i was in you had to go up like four flights it was on like the fourth story because instead of like a lot of american theaters just kind of sprawl horizontally this was a lot of screens stacked on top of each other which was kind of cool you go up this like big rainbow staircase to the second floor and then there's escalators it was quite neat Um, Movies are expensive in Japan I uh, An adult is 1900 yen A university student is 1500 yen And I figured I am a university student It's a different country But I'm not being disingenuous I, I guess yeah sure No one questioned me no question. I mean, I bought the ticket at a machine, but that was fine. Fifteen hundred yen. Um, yeah, went inside. Uh, I don't think there's any culture in Japan of don't bring in your own food or drink because one, everyone in Japan has a bag. How would they ever check that? And two, they had vending machines in the hall next to my screen, so okay, I yeah. did not feel bad about bringing. I brought in a uh, a Mitsuya peach cider, which was so good. Anyway, um, but yeah, really good theater. Perfect projection. The screen masked. I have not heard the sound of a screen masking like that mechanical whirr as the screen changes its shape. And I was like, oh, thank God. Um, beautiful projection, beautiful sound. The theater is very nice. They have on the back of every seat a place to hang your coat and a place to put your umbrella. Nice. Just very nice. Uh, and then I saw the movie, so it was dubbed in Japanese. Frozen 2, probably much better in Japanese than it would be in English because it becomes kind of anime as fuck, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, really good singing performances which is awesome i would say japanese anna is not quite as good a singer as indina menzel but that's like or japanese elsa is not quite as good a singer as indina menzel but that's a ridiculously high bar i think all the other japanese voices were better singers than their english counterparts um and it was fun i my knowledge of japanese was enough to like i mostly got it except in the opening exposition dump i missed one key detail That confused me for the rest of the movie Until I looked it up online afterwards And I'm like oh Well that's because it was in the opening exposition dump And a lot was being thrown at Mm -hmm. me So anyway fun to see it that way Uh, Very cool to hear the songs And stuff in Japanese Uh, At the end of movies in Japan Japanese people do not leave During the credits Like militantly the credits go There is no clapping You sit in rapt silence and stare at the screen All the way through And then there's the post-credits scene. And then there's the dub credits. No movement. Don't move a fucking muscle. You look at those names and you respect them. And then you get up and leave quietly. It's it's funny. And I do wonder if Japanese people just hate us for how long our credits are now. (laughs) Because Frozen 2 had like 13 minutes of credits. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder...
1: Do you think... Japanese video game players do that for like the hour long fucking I mean they must because Death Stranding forces you to sit through the whole fucking credits that thing I'll detail in the future okay yes that is that is an open question for me if you get to the end of like I don't know fucking Assassin's Creed or something in Japan like a Japanese player does do do you just sit through the five hours of the million Ubisoft employees that touch that game
0: I'm curious I don't know Uh, That night I had dinner with Thomas at Cizeria, which is a cheap Italian place uh, in Nagano. It was kind of funny, like like Italian-themed architecture and stuff as well. They did have very good dessert. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I have on this page some one-piece snacks I found. Which is just like very nice pictures of the different characters. I got a Tony Tony Chopper rapper. So there I was you happy about that. There you're repping the, the real man. Yes. Um, let's see. The next day, uh, Thomas's friend Maymay had the day off work. And so she and I took a trip to Matsumoto to go to Matsumoto Castle. Matsumoto Castle, as you might imagine, is very fucking cool. This was also a castle used by the Tokugawa Shogunate um it's a castle has a big fucking moat around it so um you kind of walk around the moat and then you can go into the main castle um and what's cool about Matsumoto castle is you can actually go inside and you can go up again no pictures illegal to take pictures but you can go up the entire castle um when you go inside it's it's cool for a lot of reasons, but one of the craziest things is it's got extremely steep stairs. I think the steepest, the sign said, was 40 centimeters high. Jeez. So these are stairs that you're like climbing up, yeah. like hands and feet, not just like walking up and down. Um, so really cool, but you get to go around and like... You can see all the little sniper's nest windows Just those like little windows that you would poke a gun Out of or a bow and arrow or something Mm -hmm. They had one floor was entirely devoted To a gun museum of like all these like Guns that were used in like 16th century Japan and like you know initially It would be like a lot of western guns brought In but eventually Japanese manufactured Guns which is not a thing anymore, but (laughs) once upon a time um, was a thing. Uh, So much cool stuff to see there. At the very top, you got to see the Daimyo's Chamber, um, which is like the kind of little war chamber where you could look out at the very top. Um, Really cool. Um, One of the things I got, speaking of Tony Tony Chopper, Sean, the the souvenir shop had a little charm that was Tony Chopper on Matsumoto Castle. and, And I was like, well, I have to get that. That was really good. It goes with, I also got at a different temple a goku charm where it's goku like eating a bunch of food so goku and chopper i think will get along oh yeah um, definitely wherever i tie those those charms eventually um then there was a museum of matsumoto which was a really great museum history from ancient times to meiji modernization lots of cool stuff and this place i'll have to do a little like photo reel here because this was one of the few museums that allowed photos and so lots of cool art and all sorts of like pottery and ancient artifacts and wall scrolls and so much cool stuff there's this entire like diagram of matsumoto and the castle area um or or diagram i think i mean diorama really really neat my favorite thing by far was the giant dragon treasure boat that they had out um which let me see if i can find the picture here sean it was so cool um I took way too many pictures here, but there it is. This is the big dragon treasure boat. Oh, yeah. Um there it is, you can see it. It's this like c- carved wooden dragon with a big sail, and then there's all these like little figures inside. Very, very neat stuff. So cool museum. Go to Japanese museums if you can. They've got lots of cool stuff to show. I mean this is one thought I had, Sean, throughout, is that like you go to these like historical places in Japan, and you know, history in America is like max 300 years old Mm -hmm. for at least like american american stuff yeah obviously
1: we could have like egyptian exhibits that tour
0: or or stuff like
1: that but yeah or like
0: native american stuff would go back further but for like proper united states of america like this government formed 300 years ago we don't have that much history you know in japan i was routinely walking through buildings that are twice as old as my country Mm -hmm. you know and that's i don't know there's just something kind of interesting about that because i think Most citizens of the world live in countries that have that kind of deep history. Yes. Um, Obviously, because most citizens of the world are Chinese or Indian. So (laughs) that's very true.
1: And most citizens of the world are in countries that were formed because people lived there right for hundreds and hundreds hundreds of years as opposed to our culture and civilization that formed because we invaded and took over this whole other place on the side of another ocean
0: right and so as an american you know this is probably not a very profound observation to a lot of our friends from you know europe or something but like in japan it's just an interesting sensation to be somewhere Mm -hmm. where like the history is really deep there's so much of it the country itself is very proud of it and and preserving it because it is a tie to a depth of history that is obviously very important to them. Like like if you have a country that's a thousand years old, it has to be right. So it's very fascinating to me, um, and that's why I loved all these museums I got to go to. You know, um, let's see, we had a we had lunch at this sort of small. When I say small, like one tiny little room, mother daughter working together in the kitchen where I had some curry rice that was good. That night in Nagano, we had another meetup. This was where this was where we met up with these these students who I told the whole thing about Thomas, you know Ishiban Sekai yeah. in Persona. Um, and let's see, we went to an izakaya, um, very tasty food there. I had three whole alcoholic beverages, which is more than I've ever had in my life in one night. I had a Coke ball, which was good. But I also had... And I, I didn't fully get the name of it. So I don't even fully know what it was. But it was some kind of alcoholic kiwi beverage. Hmm. So ki, like the fruit, the kiwi. Not, I'm not saying like it was a New Zealand <laughs> beverage. No. <laughs> the fruit, kiwi in it. And it was like very fruity. Very alcoholic. Like it was a strong alcoholic taste. But it was like one of the best things I've ever tasted. And then you, they had kiwis in it. you like eat at the end. And they were like you know, saturated in the alcohol and juice and everything. And then a sparkling sake. Which was quite good. It was like sake champagne... But I, I don't know how else to describe it. I don't like champagne, but I liked this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a sake, too, at one point. I, and I liked... When I've had alcohol and I've had tried sake... Sake is something I do kind of like because it's kind of an interesting flavor. But um, anyway, so I was slightly buzzed. I got you know I got the feeling of, like, I stopped caring about certain things. Mm-hmm. Which is great. You know, it's, it's a good feeling. Maybe, I, maybe I'll chase that dragon now. Um, <laughs> but yes. This, is, did, the moment this is, is the great moment. It all for Jonathan. I know. Let's see. It becomes uh, a very different podcast. Yes, <laughs> I think Gundam is great. I love that, Bottoms. All right, uh, and then we did another night of karaoke at Joy Sound. I sang "We Got to Power," which is a great karaoke song. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, let's see. We did "Let It Go" again. Uh, I did. I try. I wanted to do at least one Bruce Springsteen song because you know it's me. Yeah, uh, and I did "Born to Run," and it was the worst karaoke rendition. Like, when you go from the E Street band to, like, bad MIDI instruments, it's a oh. real fall-off. Like, a MIDI sax is not Clarence Clemens, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I did Beyond the Time. Yes. Yes, you have to. Like, right? Yes. And here, uh, our friend Takahiro, who is the one... I was talking to earlier about Thomas's persona music. He and I did stand up to the victory together. Stand up to the victory. Stand up to the victory is a great karaoke song. Here's about 17 seconds of me doing it. There you go. Uh, and I finished the night with Makafushigi Adventure, which is a really hard song to sing. I didn't actually oh, think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. That one goes really fast. And a lot of, if you got it from like the Japanese menu of the karaoke, like menu at Joy Sound, um, it would only be in uh, Hiragana. Which is fine if the song is not too fast. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a speed where I can't keep up with Hiragana. Um, but yes, it was fine. Um, so that was all fun. Let's see. The next day, uh, I went to book off and built myself a Dragon Ball Heroes deck. Every card was only 20 yen, so I bought 20 cards for four bucks. Nice. Nice deal. Then I went to Gondo again and uh, went to the arcade and played Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Super Dragon Ball Heroes, we have talked about before from the video game that finally came out in the U.S. It is indeed much more fun in the arcade. I can only imagine, yeah. Uh, It is fucking crazy. There is also a song that is not, I don't think, in the video game... That is just the Super Dragon Ball Heroes, like sung theme song that, if you play the normal campaign missions, just plays over every single battle in loops. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> But I, I wound up playing a lot of the universe missions because those are more challenging and more fun and I got to do all the fucking crazy shit you do with the cards. Um, I didn't realize this, but every round... So Dragon Ball Heroes actually is a really cost-effective way to have fun at the arcade because every play is 100 yen, but a play of Dragon Ball Heroes can last like 10 minutes for a match. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like you, know, you go try to win those Dragon Quest headphones, you're going to spend 1,000 yen in two minutes. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't even spend a lot of money, but I had a lot of fun with it. And every time you play, they give you a new card. which is cool. So like you might have your deck, like I'm probably going to use these seven, but then it might give you, like I got at least one rare, like really good card and it was a lot of fun to use. I also played some Mario Kart GP as Miss Pac-Man because Mario Kart Grand Prix has Pac-Man characters in it for whatever reason. Uh, And I I failed to win Dragon Quest headphones. Let's see, Thomas and I went to lunch at a Chinese restaurant. I had a really good fried rice dish with egg and meat. Uh, Let's see. And then I just did some, I read some One Piece met thomas's co-workers at Aon. we went to mountain Q again for dinner i had a deer steak burger mm. because i'm like because they said in giant letters on the menu recommended deer steak burger and i'm like win in rome or win in japan japanese hawaii yeah have the deer steak burger i don't really know how that's hawaiian do they have deer in hawaii i
1: probably i mean they probably have some i don't think they could have that many right yeah
0: Anyway, here are some more Dragon Ball snacks more I Dragon found. Ball, yeah. This is like those One Piece snacks. It's like chocolate with these wrappers. The best one here, Sean. Look at that Cyberman wrapper. Yeah. Yamcha. On the, oh, I, I didn't even notice the yeah. little dead Yamcha. You can't notice the little dead Yamcha when this is wrapped around the chocolate because it's <laughs> under like the seal. You have to unwrap it and then see Yamcha and then see the, the Cyberman the going. It's like, yeah. And then the Cyberman is going. Yeah. <laughs> so Oh, uh, Yamcha, you suck. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, day fifteen, this is when I went to Zen Koji. Zenkoji is an absolutely incredible place. It is sort of Nagano 's biggest claim to fame um, because it is uh, one of the oldest Zen Buddhist sites in Japan. It is actually where the oldest statue of Buddha in the country of Japan is housed, but it is very precious, so no one is allowed to see it other than like the monks who live and work there. There is a replica of the old Buddha statue, but they only bring it out once every seven years. <laughs> so Zenkoji is a place of tradition. Um, this was one of my favorite temples I went to in Japan. I would say this and in Gakuji. Um, it's just amazing. The main gate, the Sanmon, is a, is a really beautiful gate. You go through that. There's these seven bodhisattvas in this like red garb out that are really cool to look at. Um, and then you go to the main hall, the Zenkoji Hondo, and you pay to get in and one of the first things they, they kind of farm you into is the pitch black tunnel, which is a Zen Buddhist experience where it's supposed to like draw all your senses away or at least your sense of sight because you walk down some stairs and go into this little hall that I had to kind of crouch down to fit in because I'm tall and mm-hmm. Japanese people are not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is something I noticed all throughout my trip in Japan and um, And and when they say pitch black pitch fucking black like you could not see your hand in front of your face close your eyes open them doesn't make any kind of difference. Hold your hand on the right wall and just kind of go with it and when you feel the wall start to turn that's when you have to turn. That's amazing like kind of scary very exciting you see the light at the end and when I saw like the light come in at the end of the tunnel it literally did the vertigo effect from like mm. the movie vertigo where like I see it and then it went like back and forward. Cause I was seeing light for the first time in like five minutes. Yeah. And then it's just like, really you get out and like literally all light and color afterwards kind of seems more beautiful, which is part of the purpose of it. It's also supposed to be very meditative inside the main hall. They were doing a big prayer service, which was really cool just to see and hear. Um, and obviously incense burning everywhere. Um, they had a museum in the three-story pagoda and this was my favorite museum I got to go to in Japan just amazing series of sculptures all these carvings all these wood prints scrolls paintings all these great stories on the walls so much incredible history um ah, so much cool stuff got to wander the gardens there's a lot of tombs and memorials um just just zen is a really great place i don't have any pictures from inside the museum again prohibited but um man if you ever get to go it's it's amazing um like i said kind of nagano's biggest claim to fame is this particular place um there was also a kind of shopping district near it this is where i bought my maneki neko if you might also know it as the grinning cat or the The uh, beckoning cat the beckoning cat i knew i had to have a maneki neko yeah Um, i got i found one that was like a good like not too big not too small 1800 yen just right uh the lady wrapped it up very nicely and put it in a nice box so i I have not opened it back in america yet because i'm going to be on another plane tomorrow but i it's i think it is in good shape my my nice little maneki neko um yeah, then went back to, to Nagano, kind of getting ready to uh, leave, because or started packing up because I was going to be leaving in a couple of days. I took Thomas to the arcade that evening to show him Dragon Ball Heroes and some other stuff. Um, Thomas did not like it because he has no idea how to play that game. And when it's all completely in Japanese, I can try to explain it, but there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas, again, uh, spent a thousand yen trying to win the Dragon Quest headphones and failed. They also had Dragon Ball Zenkai Battle which is Mm -hmm. the arcade fighter that has never come to any kind of home console, even though it runs on PS3 hardware. So, like, for a long time, everyone was predicting it would get a PS3 release. Never did. Seems pretty cool. It's a 3D world fighter, which is a pretty rare thing for an arcade, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty neat. Very nice graphics. Didn't get a great sense of how it plays, because I didn't want to, like, spend endless yen playing it. But it was cool to, to have that experience. So... Oh I also wasted 400 yen They had a capsule machine Next to Dragon Ball Heroes Where you could get One of these characters From Dragon Ball Heroes And then they were supposed To be able to work as like You, you put them on the machine As like a support hero uh-huh. But they gave me the one hero I kind of didn't want Off of this list I got this guy Who is the Jinzo Ningen uh, Avatar player And I was just like okay yeah. He really but I didn't get that. any of the cool ones And then he wouldn't work On the machine yeah. So I was kind of sad about that but that's okay all right. So let's see. Uh, on day 16, which I think was my last... Yes. Day 16 was my last full day in Japan. And Thomas had the day off because it was Sunday. He works uh, Tuesday through Saturday. And then he gets sun- Sunday and Monday off. And we went to see the snow monkeys, which is Nagano's other claim to fame. Is if you go all the way to Yudanaka Station uh, from Nagano. This is a very famous onsen area. So there's lots of onsen hot springs. Um, including a big one that apparently is a major inspiration for the bathhouse in Spirited Away. We hmm. tried to make reservations there, and they were booked solid, so we didn't get to go there. Um, but if you go far enough in Yudanaka, you get to go to Snow Monkey Park. And Snow Monkey Park is very famous because all the snow monkeys live there, and you can go see them. So we took an express train to Yudanaka Station. We took a bus there to Snow Monkey Park. Then from there, you have a two-kilometer walk through the snowy mountains to the monkey enclosure. Really beautiful walk, like literally... On a mountain mm-hmm. Very very cool uh, And there are When you get into the park monkeys everywhere just snow monkeys everywhere there's sort of a path down near the river where they like to hang out uh, and then back up to where the the monk there is a onsen for the monkeys not like a bathhouse but there is a hot spring yeah that they they like to hang out in Um, the monkeys were super cool they were playing they were grooming each other they had all these kind of tubes set up that the monkeys could sort of run and climb across and they had a lot of fun on those there were a lot of snow monkey mothers with their children and they kind of like bundled them up and it's very cute. Um let me see if I can find some pictures here, Sean. But yeah, these are the snow monkeys. Like I said, they were everywhere. And, you know, very they were kind of they were good around humans, other than that I could tell sometimes some of the monkeys, particularly I feel like older males were just kind of annoyed. (laughs) Like like come on, I'm just trying to like groom this dude like like Uh quit taking pictures, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I got a lot of good video, got a lot of good pictures. The monkeys were very, very cute. Um we did see one pair of monkeys fucking at one point. There you go. No, yeah. It's not a proper trip to the snow monkey park if you don't see some monkey fucking. Exactly let's let's put that on the brochure, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed to see some monkey fucking. Yeah. But uh it was really cool and like it is like you you have to go away. So it like feels authentically isolated. Um, you know, Any kind of thing like this Is going to feel A little exploitative Towards the animals But because they are Truly in their natural habitat Mm -hmm. And you have to go to them They don't come to you Uh, They don't make them Come out every day It explicitly says on the ticket If the snow monkeys You know Don't come out We're not refunding you It's like You know The monkeys choose Um, And you know So I mostly feel good about that Uh, They are The one thing They are like Very militant about Is do not get Any fucking food out Because those monkeys Will take your food Thomas told me He's heard stories like even on like that two kilometer walk to the park, if you just take out any kind of food, a monkey will come along and take it out of your hand. Like that's guaranteed the monkeys. That's, that's what they do. They look for food, you know, uh, and they fuck. So yes, um, got a few little gifts in the monkey souvenir shop, including a sticker for the back of my notebook, which is just a big snow monkey park kind of medallion sticker. Um, yeah, but snow monkeys, man, that was fucking cool. One of the coolest things we did. Everyone loves monkeys.
1: I certainly love monkeys.
0: Yep. Uh, we went to dinner at a soba place near Don Quixote. Had some cold soba and pork ketsudan. And then Thomas and I just alone went to karaoke at Joy Sound just so we could do all the other karaoke songs we wanted to. Um, that maybe we felt like we're yeah, too Yeah, you nerdy don't want to for... do in front of
1: people that for you certainly like have only known for a few days.
0: So here's my list of anime songs I did my last night. Okay, yeah zeta transcending time from gundam mm-hmm. uh, eternal wind from gundam yep. uh, from the aqueous star with love from zeta gundam i basically this was the part where i was figuring out how to type in kanji all the names of the artists in there uh-huh. <laughs> which luckily some of these are like moriguchi is easy yeah daisuke Inoue, uh daisuke is easy at least um because i did daisuke Inoue and i sang encounters from movie three soldiers of sorrow from movie two and alone in the wind from movie two uh soldiers of sorrow is a fucking awesome karaoke song encounters is pretty damn good too um because it's got like an echo part that you can get the other person to do let's see i did uh no kyoku from persona 3 thomas and i did a duet on key plus words from the persona 4 anime which is the two singers from persona 3 and 4 Uh trading off uh thomas did all of the persona 3 4 and 5 openings um i was scrolling through beatles music looking for i've got a feeling which turned out to be a very bad karaoke version but while i was going through that they inexplicably had a karaoke version of her majesty the 17 second song at the end of abbey road that was pretty fun um and then i finished the night with we were angels from dragon ball z which Mm -hmm. is the best dragon ball z closing song oh yes and then romantico agerio which is just yeah, the best I, anime uh, yeah, closing yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was a great way to finish it. And I do have some video of that as well, because the animation for the Romantico Agerio video, which was not Dragon Ball related in the slightest. Romantico Agerio. Romantico Agerio. was fucking amazing
1: i mean i feel like i would kind of wanted them to just play the ending animation from dragon yeah. ball with like bullman looking out the windows oh uh, that's so good yeah all,
0: all right. right and then it was my final day in japan um we had breakfast at a bakery in nagano station their bakeries in japan are very very good uh kind of did some final packing um went off to the station uh said goodbye to thomas because i had to get on my shinkansen to tokyo so did the Shinkansen to Tokyo Station. Tokyo Station, I had to go through a just labyrinth of, of, of a train station to get to the Narita Express 33, uh, to get back to the Narita Airport. The Narita Airport uh, is a fairly nice airport, but Air Canada had their system down and you could not do automated like boarding passes online or at their machine. So Ooh. everybody had to go talk to a physical agent, which wow. meant the line was very long. It took me an hour to get through the line to get my boarding pass and check my bags. And then I got to go to the gate. And anyway, it was fine. Um, my last meal in Japan was at the airport. I had curry rice with soft-boiled egg at Avion. Um, and then I had my long flight and everything. While I was in the airport, I managed to do something I had kind of forgotten to do while I was in like Japan proper, which was try a shit ton of Kit Kat flavors. And I brought you some, Sean. Awesome. All right. So Kit Kats in Japan, there are lots of them. They have... Like They like Kit Kats there more than we like Kit Kats. It's a thing. It's a, it's a real big thing there in Japan. I tried quite a few of these because I was bored at the airport and I had nothing else to do. So, let's see. I got... What all flavors did I get? Because I wrote them all in my book. All right. I tried Uji Matcha flavor, which is the green tea Kit Kat. This is one of the best. Really good Kit Kat. Very flavorful. Rich. Almost like kind of creamy, uh, but really excellent Kit Kat. I don't even like green tea that much. Peach Kit Kat, really fucking good. That sounds pretty good. Um, It's like a white chocolate Mm -hmm. Kit Kat, but with this really strong, like surprisingly authentic peach flavor. Like, oh, this isn't just some like dust they sprinkled on. Like that actually tastes like a peach. Mm -hmm. Like this was also true in the Mitsuya Peach Cider, which is really good, where it tastes like, I can almost like taste the skin on it, like the actual peach. So anyway, good stuff there. Um, My favorite of all of them might be the Hokkaido Melon and Mariscopone Cheese, because I couldn't taste the cheese at all, but I could definitely taste the melon. And it was kind of like the peach, where the melon like, tasted like very fresh in a weird way, like the fruit is really real and authentic. Weird but good. Let's see. They had a chestnut flavor. Uh, the most bland of these, kind of subtle chestnut. The scent, when you open it up, is very strong. Interesting texture, bit of an aftertaste. Not my favorite, not bad either. And then, of course, I had to. I had to try Wasabi Kit Kats because that's like the the thing, right? Uh-huh. Wasabi Kit Kats you could not get in small batches, so I had to buy a big box of Wasabi Kit Kats for 800 yen. And it is my least favorite. It's honestly like a pretty subtle flavor. It's not hot. It doesn't like have a spicy taste like wasabi does. Um, a certain amount of wasabi flavor, but it's mostly an aftertaste. I don't think I really liked this one, but you can certainly judge for yourself, Sean. I've got you one of each of these. Well, thank so, you. there's I think that's my final gift I got. Um you out of all this stuff but that's my trip to japan awesome that's that's basically everything yeah. i
1: did oh how was the like language barrier stuff how did you find that
0: um you know it was never really a problem i would say mm-hmm. um because at stations and places where like I could actually get into trouble if I didn't know what I was doing. There's usually English posted, mm-hmm. um, although sometimes I wish there wasn't because I I was surprised at how much I could read in stations. Like because I've learned like because I've been doing actually kanji reviews for the last half year. Um, and a lot of the first con- like the elementary kanji you learn are in town names and stuff. Yeah. So I could tell a lot of that, and I'm like, oh, sometimes I wish there wasn't English here so I could practice like more without like catching it out of the corner of my eye. And then I'm like, that would be stupid. To people's like. You need to get through this stuff. Yeah. It's okay. There's English here. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's like Nagano is a little more like remote. So there's kind of less English speaking going on there. But generally it's fine. Like Like ordering at restaurants in Japan is very easy. A lot of places in Japan... Just full on have iPads where you order everything from, wow, yeah, um, cool. which is really neat. And most menus in Japan are picture menus, so uh, like, and and not just for places that are you know also for English tourists or something, that's just kind of how menus are in Japan. So, you know, you just look at what you want, and you point it, and you know, Koreo Kudasai, you know, mm-hmm. very easy to say what you want. Um, there's there's no you know, if you know your numbers. For like payments and stuff and you know basically how to say thank you and please and those sorts of things you're going to get along fine but in terms of the language barrier I'll say one thing I I realized is that literally any amount of Japanese knowledge impresses Japanese people Mm -hmm. literally any amount like like sumimasen is truly a magic word. Because you can fuck up and say sumimasen and they will be impressed that you know it and that you are polite enough to use it. And they will be like, oh, you know, like, like you know, it's okay, it's okay, daijoubu, yeah. daijoubu. And, uh, yeah, so so I would say the words you need to know, if you know sumimasen, daijoubu, and arigato you will mostly be okay. There you go. Those are the three by far I use. I think I have said sumimasen in the last three weeks more than I have said any other word in my entire life. Um, but yes, if you know those, you're good. Uh, if you know your, I would say the biggest thing because I, I just I have known Japanese numbers for so long, it's like I don't even have to think about it really. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say know your numbers just because they most people in Japan will not say like money numbers in they will not translate it for you. Right. Um, so just know like if they say sanbiaku that you need you know you need to 300 give them three hundred yeah. yen right. Um, but mostly it's fine. Um, I it was it was fun actually being like I was really happy I had the experience of Thomas lives there and has friends so I got to hang out with actual Japanese people Mm -hmm. like more than as like a tourist like actually have a night like hanging out and it was kind of fun to like they speak a little English I speak a little Japanese let's do this and we were surprisingly fine Um, their English was generally better than mine because these were students at an actual English school right Um, you know. But, you know, it was really cool. And, and I, you know, I always, at every turn, like, wished I knew more. Um, but I was, I was proud with, like, how much I was able to understand and, like, get across. And it was, you know, good. You would be a fucking hit there, Sean. Because you actually, like, pretty much speak it. Or I know you could understand most of it. Yeah. At the very least. So that was definitely fun. Um, yeah. Awesome. What other questions do you have? I know you're very thorough. I've um, been thorough. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about just because this was something I was excited for was like the very cheap souvenir of buying Weekly Jump uh-huh. because like I've been reading American Jump since I was what 10 years older when it started. Um, so I was like, oh, what is Weekly Jump like? Weekly Jump actually had some surprises for me. I didn't realize Weekly Jump is on super shitty paper, uh-huh. like not just the normal shitty paper because I also got a V-Jump. V-Jump is the monthly magazine mm-hmm. where Dragon Ball Super is published, among other things. They had a cover story on Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Which is waiting for me at my apartment in Iowa.: yes, I'm getting it in like a couple of days.: Yes. Um, and VJump is on nice newspaper, as you can see here, Sean. V-Jump is more like what American Jump was.- uh-huh. um, American Jump isn't published anymore physically, which is too bad, but it's all online. Um, V-Jump is, is a little nicer, and V-Jump costs more. V-Jump costs, I think, five or 600 yen um it doesn't say it probably says on here somewhere but anyway uh 580 yen for v jump weekly jump though is just 300 yen weekly jump is super cheap you can get weekly jump like
1: sub newspaper quality paper yeah
0: and there's different color sections and the different color sections are just like we have pink recycled we have green recycled we have white um weekly jump i knew this was a it's arranged the the series in it in order of popularity so like one piece is always at the front It's fucking One Piece. It wouldn't be going on still if it wasn't. Um, And so the front of the magazine generally has like the nicest paper and then it gets a little worse as you go along. But it's kind of fun to see and you realize like, okay, this is how they can do it. That they can publish a magazine every week with... Right now they are serializing 18 series and it's only 300 yen a week. You know, and there's, there's just and it makes sense when you see kind of the compromises on the paper, but then of course they're going to have the Tonko bond and all the other fucking releases. So it's cool to look through and see. Um, I got, I got both issues of weekly jump that came out while I was there. Um, I think they were doing double issues because it was the new year. So there were only two out while I was there. The other one I got has a giant original one piece poster drawn by Oda and some stickers and stuff too. So sometimes you get cool bonuses. Um, And then V-Jump is kind of cool to look through as well. Like I said, they have this whole cover story on Kakarot. Yeah. And manga is always fun because if you can read hiragana, you can technically read all of it because they they put all the furigana on it. Although something I've learned as I'm learning more kanji, Sean, is that Furigana is only so helpful, because if Japanese was just written full-on in hiragana, it would be very confusing. Because it would be, yeah. yeah, Because yeah. Japan has so few sounds, you need the context of the kanji to tell you. Yeah, this there's is... such a
1: huge number of homophones
0: that without kanji, yeah, yeah it yeah. would not be
1: feasible. Yeah, but
0: it's, it's... I do have to say, I like
1: opened up to a random page and saw a massive spoiler for an anime I've been watching. I'm sorry. I'm sure the anime is never going to actually get to the point that... that this, uh, what series is that? Um, it's Boku Ban. It's just like okay. a like very cliche romance anime that I'm like, yeah this is not that good, but I'll just watch this because it's easy. It was like, oh, okay, this lady just totally confesses at some point, I guess, or again, the, the show will almost certainly never get
0: there. It's kind, I kind of funny One funny. Piece must be in the middle of like a months long flashback narrative because the end of vo- the last half of volume ninety five is a flashback. And you know it's a flashback in One Piece if the page is black. Um, And that volume would be collecting material that's like half a year old. And the chapters in both of this week's... uh, Both of the weekly jumps I have are flashbacks. So One Piece must be doing like a six-month-long flashback, which I think is fucking hilarious. Um, You're able to do that when you've been running for 20 years, I think. Um, But yeah, I don't know. What else can I answer or explain? I'm sure we'll be bringing up a lot of my Japanese experiences on future podcasts as well. But... It was fucking cool man um I'm just trying to think of like other like lessons I took away from it, and I guess not to get too like introspective, but I think one thing that was really interesting about this for me was um being for three weeks a racial minority uh-huh. is a weird experience you know um and I think it's something. White people should probably do it their lives just to like know a little tiny taste of what it feels like for a couple days you know is travel to a country where you would not be in any kind of majority and in Japan you know especially when I was in Nagano there are no other white people around you know Mm -hmm. you're frequently on a train and you're the one white person in the car and you know I'm not saying I now have a sense of what it's like to be disenfranchised or anything like that but just the sense of like being a racial minority and like just kind of walking through the world and feeling a little bit of awkwardness out of that is one of those kind of humbling reorienting experiences. I think what I said about like being in a country with a much longer history than your own Mm -hmm. is a humbling reorienting experience. What I said about capitalism earlier, it's very humbling to my bank account because (laughs) man, Japan makes a lot of good stuff, but they also know that once they've got you hooked on that good stuff, there is so there's a literally endless amount of shit for you to buy like, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you will find in every store you go into some stupid Dragon Ball shit to buy. It's, it's really quite an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, they've, they have definitely made a whole <laughs> yes different kind of
1: economy around um, popular culture and merchandising um, than what we've got over here.
0: It's wild. Like, uh, in,
1: like this advertisement showed in the jump for a solid state scouter thing for Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Which, I don't know what a Solid State Scouter is, but it sounds fucking rad.
0: Oh, man. I think Solid State Scouter is, a, is an insert song from one of the Dragon Ball shows. I don't remember which one at this point. But, yeah. Anyway, what else can I say about Japan? Any other thoughts, Sean? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like... Because you were there for a while. Like, three weeks is a... That's a, that's a, a long time. Yeah, that's
1: a good chunk.
0: Yeah, like I said, the, the biggest adjustment other than jet lag is just American food is fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. And that's never been clear to me. You know, um, we had
1: a whole Morbius Living Vampire trailer prepared for you on I your know. turn so you could get accustomed again to America.
0: You know, there's a lot I, I already miss about Japan that I really liked. There's some things I don't, like, you know, uh, no space being made for a six foot tall person is tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Japanese bathrooms are just they're too small for me. Like just just full on, like showers. Like toilet rooms, what have you Uncomfortably small That is the most exciting thing I was like, I was so excited to take a shower Where I could stand up <laughs> You know uh-huh. um, Something like that um, But man, you know, I I really Yeah, I did Three weeks is a long time You do get used to it And there was a lot And Man, I just I know I'm to go on and on And on about the food But you know All of the Japanese people in Nagano That Thomas knew were asking me Like, what's your favorite thing you've eaten in Japan? And I would tell them, you know curry I really liked some of the ramen, but I would also tell them one of my favorite things I ate in Japan was karage, which is fried chicken, mm-hmm. and they would all laugh at me like, "Don't you have that in America?" And I'm like, "Technically, we have something called fried chicken. What you guys make is totally different, and it's fucking great because Japanese karage, it's one, it would usually be boneless. It's like these big chunks of white meat, sometimes shittier meat." You know just deep fried and battered And it's fucking delicious It must not be good for you But it's fucking great And every convenience store Would have karage on a stick And I had while I was in Nagano Probably like 8 karages on a stick Because it was a good snack And it cost like 120 yen And that was great Um, Juice is really cheap in Japan I don't know why this is important to me But I like drinking juice And I don't a lot Because juice in America Is really fucking expensive expensive. But like in Japan If you want to go get like a bottle of juice 100 yen it's great. And, it will be, and it'll be actual like 100% juice, not uh-huh. 5% Tropicana or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, oh, man, there's so much. I'm sure I will think of other things in future podcasts, but I wanted to give us, you know, the down low here. It's a, it's a hell of a, an experience, and I would, you know, recommend it to everybody, especially if you are listening to this podcast and are as probably into Japanese stuff as we are. Yeah. As, as foreign a country as it is, because Japan is obviously a very different country than the United States, and the Japanese language is a very different language and all that. You you do, I think, if you have consumed enough Japanese media, feel kind of at home. Mm-hmm. Just in the sense of, like, I know these things and I know these things. And, like, all the media they're pitching me is stuff I love, you know? Um, they also have fucking Star Wars posters everywhere. We're not that different.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing that, like, for me, like, honestly, the stuff that is weirdly in its own way the most appealing. Like... Going to the big museums and, like, the the Jinja and stuff like that. Like, that seems, like, really cool. But the number one thing I would want to do is just go to, like, a bunch of the used bookstores. I know. And just, like, get... The, yeah, like, that kind of stuff that, like, I could import, but it's so expensive and time-consuming to do. Yeah. That it, And, you know, you have to know what you're looking for as opposed to just being able to walk into a store and be like, a shit, like, yeah, I'll buy this weird manga or used video game or fucking... Yeah, just buying a bunch of American movies that have Japanese dubs on them. Like, that's the kind of shit that I would want to get. Just like, fuck it. Like, yeah, I want to have the Japanese dub of Lord of the Rings because that's weird and cool.
0: I know. I loved it. This is something like Thomas... Dude, he doesn't really read. (laughs) But just like something like he didn't really get was my obsession with Book Off. But it's just like, it's so cool and like also like going in there and challenging myself to like figure out the fucking alpha like how it's all alphabetized yeah because some parts of it just aren't if it's big manga series they've clearly like it's by space like one piece could go where the o's are or we need a space for 95 books yes you know um, this is the one piece wall yes exactly and like yeah like you said like just going and finding things like i probably would never have thought to like buy some of those one piece dvds if i were in america but just seeing them there, like these are super cool like It's 400 yen a piece That's an awesome Like souvenir To like put on the shelf And like Mm -hmm. things like that So it is like Yeah It's all really cool Um, Definitely encourages me To like redouble my efforts In learning Japanese Um, Yeah Really neat You could also uh, Fucking They do not fuck around With video game guides In Japan They're still a big thing And they are huge Mm. Persona 5 The Royal Had just come out When I got there Right And the Persona 5 The Royal Guidebook was in all The game shops Like Like 600 pages like super thick giant book like sized a little bigger than a tonkaban like you know maybe this big huge um 1500 (laughs) yet you know yeah and they had it for like dragon quest i thought about getting the one for dragon quest 11 um because it was a little more like picture art heavy than the persona one was like very text heavy like and technical um but I wound up not getting any game, guys, in part because I wasn't sure if I could fit them in my suitcase because they're huge. Uh-huh. But yeah, man, I, I'm sure I could. Uh, you know, I'll I'll come up with more observations certainly in future episodes as we just talk about stuff because it's wild. Karaoke is super fun. Yeah,
1: it's a cool place. See now, now you have your motivation to get into the Yakuza games because you can just relive that Japan yes. high. You can go eat fucking ramen. You can do, go do some dope karaoke.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Yakuza. Now I can finally tell the story, Sean, of, of why I've got this this bandage on my pinky finger. <laughs> I, I've been
1: wondering. It yeah. just it seems weird, you know. Um also just like it's it's a little concealed, but I see like a tattoo kind of around your neck just sort of popping out that seems like it goes around your back. No, it's it's weird. You've got this big scar that just goes <laughs> over your eye and your pupils all milky. And I I didn't want to say
0: anything, but <laughs> <laughs> Thomas says he did get. Like propositioned by the yakuza on one of his first nights in Japan in Tokyo, where he was walking down the street and they tried to get him to come into like their gambling den, hmm. um, which apparently he said that the other Japanese people with him like said like this is the yakuza do that especially to foreigners because. They'll, they won't be able to speak Japanese and uh-huh. they'll be on the hook for way too much money. So good thing Thomas did not get in debt with the Yakuza on his first night in Japan. As that, far as we know. As far as know, we know. Maybe now you're in debt to the
1: Yakuza. <laughs> this was all some like big scheme by Thomas to like foist all of his like debt onto
0: you. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we've got lots to do. Yeah, um, there's lots of topics waiting in the wings for us. Absolutely. You know? Including our top 10 for 2019. That'll come at some point. I still need to like go back and figure out what games i played in 2019 i've got, You've got more of a list i know yeah
1: i've definitely got a bit of a list um done it is like a weird 2019 was a weird year for video games because it wasn't super strong and also it was easily the busiest year of my entire life like no fucking contest yeah. So it's like i i have more than 10 games i've played but do i want to put death Strand- <laughs> stranding on the top 10 list is a big question for me right now
0: all right. Well, right we'll see you guys later i'm gonna try to sleep Because I still don't have a normal sleep schedule None of us have a normal sleep schedule In the year of our Lord
1: 2020 Jonathan Not anymore